I am Iron Man. Season two finale. Hello, 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 nerd world order. This is the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Welcome back. I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Welcome to the season two finale of 30 and Nerdy Podcast Nerds. I want to first to start off to thank you from the bottom of my nerdy heart for tuning in for the 30 and Nerdy Podcast this entire season. The previous season was season one, this entire season, and everything that this show has put, put out whether it be the spin-off show, The Road So Far, or this main show. And I've got to tell you, um, there's a lot gem-packed into this episode. So I hope you will tune in, stay tuned in, with everything that's happening in this episode. There's a lot of fun announcements to come at the end. Great conversation. Some, some news to get to and as I said a couple of weeks ago a couple episodes ago this will be the final time the news is brought to you by Barry Nerdington this is his swan song this is his retirement episode so I'm looking forward to getting into all of this with you the conversation at hand in this episode is the age of the superhero we're living in it we're in the throes of it. I have to say, I, the conversations I've had with both of my guests just astounded me. Not not just their knowledge, but it just feels great to talk to people who resonate on the same level of you as you. And my two guests do just that. My guests are Ken M. from the Ocho Doro Parley Hour, hashtag ODPH, and the Reverence himself, Logan Roach, from Brewing Up Rants podcast and our spinoff show of 30 and 30 podcast, The Road So Far. It was a great conversation. A lot of things were discussed about the age of the superhero when it began. What's so big about it? Everything. 
there is to discuss about it, we did just that. Since there's a whole lot to get to, why don't we get to the show? DJ Mike Howie, take us to the finale. It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your host, Tyler Mack. <laughs> Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions, and Ashley Lodge Photography. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation by using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find the show in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email the show at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Now get ready to nerd out with your host, the Sweet Tea of the Nerdy South, your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack! Alright. Again, thank you for tuning in to the Season 2 finale. It's been a fantastic season. Full of great conversation, great guests, great moments... Great themes, great entertainment happened, despite the fact that we are living in a, a crisis, a pandemic, despite all the craziness, despite the injustice that we've seen in our society, in our country, in our world, we have maintained this show. And not just this show. Other independent podcasts have maintained bringing entertainment, bringing happy thoughts our way. And that's what we're going to continue to do no matter what happens. So, we've had great episodes such as breaking down the character of Superman. Talking about the Matrix in May. Talking about DC Fandom. Talking about Mario about the women of nerd culture, and so much more in between. The last episode's discussion was all about my favorite Marvel character, Wolverine. And thank you for tuning in. And I can't wait to see what Season 3 brings. And who Season 3 brings. We're looking to expand if you will. There's going to be so much happening, not just with 30 and Nerdy Podcasts, but with the Badcast Company Productions. There's going to be new shows, new moments, new content, and new crossovers. That's right, there's going to be so much coming in Season 3 that it's going to take the off-season just to prepare myself and get you all ready for what's to come. I want you to follow along on all social media, 30 and Nerdy Podcast, 30 and Nerdy Pod, on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Check out 30andnerdypodcast.com, the ever-changing website. It's constantly changing, constantly updating, and constantly getting better. Also, 
I invite you to podchaser.com. Please take the moment while you're listening, if you're not driving, that is, and check out podchaser.com. Up at the top, go to the search bar, playlists. Search for the playlists, The Apodalypse, T-H-E-A-P-O-D-A-L-Y-P-S-E, and also the playlist Pod Nation. There are a ton of independent podcasts in these playlists that are just fantastic, and you need to give them a listen to. Give them a rating. Follow them. Subscribe to them. Tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you. And enjoy, because I do. Week in and week out, I have a long list of podcasts that I listen to. And not just because they're in, I found them on Podchaser as well before I was able to join their community. And they, there's there's true crime, there's nerd culture, there's sports, there's medical podcasts. I mean, anything you can think of is in those playlists at podchaser.com. Check them out. Find us at patreon.com slash badcastcompany. Everything that goes on under the banner of the Badcast Company Productions is at Patreon. Whether it's Patreon-exclusive shows like Mandalorian Monday and a few new shows. I'm going to go ahead and tell you about some things that are coming up next season, next year. As early as January. There's going to be three new shows happening at patreon.com slash badcastcompany. The first one is going to be Movie Mania, and that is going to be all about movies of all genres. Then we're going to have WandaVision Wednesdays, starting in January, where myself, Logan Roach, the Rev of Rents himself, and the Juice is Loose, Dr. Davis, talk about the upcoming Disney Plus Marvel show WandaVision. Those two are also getting their own show. Patreon-exclusive show called We're Toying With You. They aren't just heavy into the pop game, people. They're heavy into all collections, and they're going to talk to you about it. They're going to talk about fun facts, uh, unknown facts, uh, anything under the sun about collections and toys and pops and posters and things like that. So I look forward to actually being a listener for once. And listening to them go at it. I've made jokes upon jokes about their pops and their collections and the money they drop. But let me tell you, man, to hear them talk about it is like I'm learning something new every time they have this conversation. So why not give them their own show? It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. And along with that, there's going to be more content constantly coming next season at Patreon. Dot com slash Badcast Company Productions. We're always releasing deleted scenes and bloopers and behind-the-scenes stuff and first looks at what's to come. Go to patreon.com slash Badcast Company Productions and find out how you can not just support the show but take part in all the really cool things that are coming because there's going to be a lot. So, I want to discuss a little bit about your final nerd word of season two and 
I'm, I'm actually going to give you um, a couple. I'd like to end with a couple of different nerd words, okay? So, <laughs> these are from the very comedic Canadian comedy Letter Kenny. And these should be used in your daily life. So I'm going to help you out with that. The first one I want to talk to you about is big shooter or big shoots. Someone who's trying too hard. So if you were to say like, oh man, uh, good try there, big shooter. It's someone who's trying too hard and failing miserably, usually. The other nerdcabular word from the show letter, Kenny, I want to talk to you about is straight hundy pee. Straight hundy pee, boys. Obviously, that's not too hard to decipher. It means 100%. We're doing straight hundy pee on the season two finale of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. The last one I want to end with for season two nerdcabulary words is FURTA. And that, obviously, you can pretty much yourself surmise that it's slang for for the, but it's FURTA. FURTA nerds. Which is why I do this. I do this FURTA nerds. Those are your nerdcabulary words. Your last nerdcabulary words of season two. That's another thing I cannot wait is to dig into the recesses of my mind and the creativity of my soul to find better nerd words for you in season three. Looking forward to it. I really am. And you know what? It's about time. After a brief word from our sponsors, we are going to get to the final outing of your nerdly news with one more time, Barry Nerdington. Hey, this is Kyan M, host of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. And right now, you are locked and loaded to the sweet tea of the nerdy South, the Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack, and the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Hey, this is Kyan M, Padawan J, Coach Duffy, from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Good day. I'm Barry Nerdington, and this is your Nerdly News, where we report, and you decide. David Ramsey, a.k.a. John Diggle, will be busy, both behind and in front of the camera, for the CW. Ramsey, who most recently starred in Arrow as John Diggle, a.k.a. Spartan, will return to direct five episodes in the DC Universe, including the new series, Superman and Lois, and Supergirl. 
Additionally, Ramsey will guest star in five episodes across the Arrowverse, returning as fan favorite John Dickel in Superman and Lois, Supergirl, The Flash, and Batwoman, along with a mystery role in DC's Legends of Tomorrow that is being kept under wraps. Ramsey made his directorial debut on Arrow in 2018 and directed a second episode during the season finale. Umbrella Academy star Elliot Page announces he is transgender in an open letter. The Oscar-nominated actor first showed themselves to be an acting force to be reckoned with in the 2005 film Hard Candy, playing a teenager who suspects a man of kidnapping underage girls and endeavors to prove it. Page was also nominated for an Oscar for 2007's Juno, in which he played a high schooler facing an unwanted pregnancy and needing to decide what to do with the baby. In recent years, Page had been one of the stars of Netflix's Umbrella Academy, in which he plays Vanya Hargreaves, the most powerful of the Hargreaves siblings. Season 1 followed the family as they attempted to stop the apocalypse, learning too late that it was Vanya who causes it. The Umbrella Academy Season 2 released over the summer and saw the Hargreaves siblings sent back in time and needing to navigate the 1960s. The Umbrella Academy was renewed for Season 3 at Netflix and is currently in the works. A major copyright case has been settled today at THR, brings word that esteemed horror writer Clive Barker has gained the U.S. rights back to Hellraiser. Barker leveraged his rights under the Copyright Act of 1976, which allowed for authors to reclaim the rights to their works from publishers, or, in this case, movie producers, after a wait of 30-plus years. This same copyright law is what currently has the entire Friday the 13th franchise on hold. Luckily, this has resulted in a not-as-complicated ruling for Pinhead over Jason and will pave the way for new Hellraiser content in the near future. It's been a big year for NASA discoveries as the U.S. government agency has previously made headlines regarding water on the moon, perhaps evidence of an alternate dimension, and even helping out Tom Cruise to film a movie in space. Now the group has announced that an object of unknown origin was expected to skate past our planet in the early hours of December 1st, though the saliciousness of this news comes to us by the way of TMZ and the object in question is in fact still unknown. NASA apparently has a guess about what the so-called 2020 so actually might be. The office may be leaving Netflix in a matter of weeks, but fans of the show are still supporting it in a major way. Over the course of the next few weeks, fans of the sitcom can pre-order a physical copy of The Adventures of Jimmy Halpert, the comic book Pam, played by Jenna Fisher, created in the Season 7 episode, Classy Christmas. Made by the fan site DunderMifflinPaper.com, the comic is a full-length issue featuring Jim Halpert, played by John Krasinski, as he wreaks havoc as a radioactive bear. You know, a real comic book problem. In the series, Pam decides to go the homemade route for the holidays, a choice that ends up as a home-run gift for her husband Jim. 
Now you can own the comic yourself as created by two dedicated fans of the show. It seems things are beginning to wrap up for the Batman. Some actors from the film who played a band of thugs in Gotham City announced that they have wrapped filming on this production. That's a wrap for the boys, Elliot Warren wrote on his Instagram. Jay LaCorgo wrote, Batman is wrapped for the crying thug. See you in 2022. Now, earlier this month, the Batman's production was reportedly hit with another coronavirus-related setback after one of the film's stuntmen tested positive for COVID-19. The stuntman was part of a bubble that included nine other members of the production staff, all of whom had, who had to quarantine for 14 days and may not return to work until Christmas. That episode came after a six-month delay of filming in March due to the COVID-19 pandemic's onset, plus an additional two-week delay after star Robert Pattinson tested positive in September. Darth Vader actor Dave Prowse has passed away at the age of 85. The news comes as a shock to Star Wars fans everywhere in the early hours. Famously, the bodybuilder supplied the frame of the villain while James Earl Jones supplied the unbelievable voice. Prowse actually came up in the weightlifting circuit with other heroes like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno. That's a whole lot of childhood heroes represented across different nations. He spent 50 years acting in various roles, but his stalking hallways in the Vader outfit and helmet will always stick out as his most famous outing. Prowse's agent Thomas Bowing shared some kind words about the actor with the BBC. May the force be with him always. Disney chairman Bob Iger is teasing a special edition to Black Panther on Disney+. Plus. For those interested, the exec says the queuing up the film on the streaming platform t- today will give fans a special tribute. It's not hard to imagine it will be something surrounding the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman after he died earlier this year. A lot of people are still mourning the loss of the Marvel star as very few knew about his cancer diagnosis. In the interim, both Disney and the studio have stepped up to try and pay tribute to the actor at every turn. Just this month, the question of how to move forward with the series was broached, and the EVP of Marvel Studios assured fans that they would not be replacing T'Challa with CGI. Victoria Alonso told everyone out there about it in an interview with Claren. That is the end of your nerdly news. I would like to thank you for allowing me, over this previous season, to bring you the news as only a nerd should. One last time, this is Barry Nerdington, signing off. Cheers to you, nerds. Hey guys, this is Tyler Mack from the Bad Cast Company. Host of the flagship show 30 Nerdy Podcast and co-host of some of the other shows in the Bad Cast Company. I'm here to talk to you about Patreon. 
at Patreon slash Badcast Company. You can find so much extra content, not just from this show, the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, but Brewing Up Rants Podcast, The Road So Far, Movie Mania, um, Mandalorian Mondays, and tons of bloopers and deleted scenes and unaired scenes and pictures and behind-the-scenes stuff. How, you ask, can you be a part of that? Well, there are different tiers in Patreon slash Badcast Company. There is a $1 tier. If that's all you can do, you will get some exclusive things. But obviously, as the tiers go up in price, what you receive in return goes up as well. We are very thankful of the Patreon supporters that we already have, and due to that, we are able to do extra things like uh, pay for our host site for the shows. We are able to send out random gifts like uh, Patreon-exclusive shirts and stickers and hats whenever we are able to get them. However you can support the show, we are thankful for it. You can check that out at patreon.com slash badcastcompany. Hey everybody, this is Tim from Johnny Has the Keys podcast, and you're listening to 30 and Nerdy with Tyler Mack. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. To the 30 and Nerdy podcast, the season two finale, and I couldn't think of anyone else I wanted to have on the show when something big like this is happening than Ken M, one of the voices of the ODPH, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Ken, how are you? I love it, man. I love it. And I dare I say, is it officially happy anniversary? Do you, uh, do you know why? Oh, I do. I do. It is it is happy anniversary because we did our first crossover was the baddest meanest fighters of the galaxy far far away. Yes, one year ago this week. That's perfect timing. I I I, I was I was going about it and Pad mentioned too. He's like, yeah, he goes, I, didn't we do that episode a year ago? I'm like, I think you're right because I know it was in yeah. December because it was bad weather up here. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were talking before the show about snow. I'm like, yep. Now the yeah. roles have reversed, so to speak. But yeah, yeah. Now we got a little little snow here. Yeah, you got a little snow. And we got fifty degree weather. I don't like That's it. Weird twenty twenty man. Yeah, what are you gonna say? But thank you for having me back on, man. It's gonna be a blast. Absolutely. So I thought nothing better to to end it on than it just kind of hit me the other day. We talk about as nerds, we talk about the golden age of comics, the silver age of comics you know, this age and that age. And now it just hit me. I was like, we're living in the age of the superhero. I mean, it's taking over mainstream, not just yeah. in cinema, but I think we talked in our last crossover with ECA and uh, Rich that the pandemic has almost increased the age of the superhero. People are at home, they're reading comics, they're on the DC Universe app or Marvel Infinite, whatever, and they're catching up on stuff. So that just increases... The fact that we're in the age of the superhero. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, to think about it, they started in the 1930s. I believe 1936 mm-hmm. was when the Phantom was the first mm-hmm. official superhero. 
And then you shift to the 1940s, and that's when Superman and Batman, and even just this past week was the Justice Society of America's 80th birthday, mm -hmm. and Captain America, and the comic era that was that time period where it was such a relief for the pop culture with everything going on with World War II, mm -hmm. to where it shifted to the Silver Age and the big renaissance of characters from Marvel and DC to the modern age, which I always say is pre or before Watchmen and after Watchmen. Yes. That, that is how I define it. I, I can't say modern age because it, modern age is technically still going, which mm -hmm. I, I, I find is misleading a bit because the comics they were doing in the 1980s to present are vastly different, whatever genre oh, we want to go to. Absolutely. So I always say it's before Watchmen and after Watchmen, but you are right though. I would say since really when the movies started taking over because movies are such a big part of pop culture. Yes. They get so many more eyes on them than the normal comic book audience, which I know sounds a little crazy, and but it is true, though. Movies yeah. are such a big phenomenon that when you started seeing the X-Men franchise finally get to screen and Spider-Man finally get there, and then Batman with the Christopher Nolan franchise and, and, and just how the quality of movies really stepped up when they were in a lull for a mm -hmm. long time, I think that kind of ushered in the era that is the age of superheroes. And mm -hmm. now... Those were so successful that a, a fan base that was never into comics in any way, shape, or form, or superheroes for that instance, all of a sudden, that became the cool thing. But the trick about it is it now retained those fans and are oh, creating yeah. new ones. Like, mm -hmm. to think about it, it was so taboo at one time to say that you were in the comic books. And everybody's like, oh, that's so geeky, that's so nerdy. And it's like, guess what? Now we rule the world. So absolutely. But it's just uh, goes to what the characters can do and when it connects to the fans and however it does, it really ushers in a new era. And like you touched upon now, comics are so pop culture on a level that I don't think in the 1940s, anybody envisioned going back to this level. I would imagine that if you were to go back in time to, a store clerk and say, Hey, this little penny magazine looking thing that only a specific handful of kids buy and secretly buy. So their school friends don't see them buy it. Mm -hmm. It's going to make millions and millions of dollars in the year 2020. Even okay, before that, laughed like, out of there. it would have been like, okay, I'm going to call the men in white. You got to go. <laughs> yeah. You got to get out of here. Cause get the straight jacket for this kid. These weird things are not going to sell anything. Um, I guess the biggest shock to me is it attempted to start its own age of superheroes. Especially if you watch that documentary called superheroes, I think, I think it's mm -hmm. on prime. Yeah. I remember the covers got like Black Panther in the center and Batman, Super, all that stuff. But they talked about 1989, the first Batman with Michael Keaton kind of started this wave. And you started seeing Batman shirts on people who normally wouldn't wear mm -hmm. Batman shirts. Yeah. Would you call that the beginning of the age or would you call the first Iron Man the beginning? I say the first Iron Man because here's why. Batman 89, classic, yes. all-time classic film. Mm -hmm. It didn't 
sustained though the franchise run because they switched up after Batman Returns and they had Joel Schumacher come in Oof. and and go that route and Clooney Bat. Enough said. That's all I got to say. You, you saw they were on a, such a high peak in '89, and yeah, you you're abs- absolutely right. They had everybody wearing Batman shirts. Batman just exploded mm-hmm. out of the comic shops and was such like that unique logo too that everybody's like, okay, superheroes are cool again. But mm-hmm. then after you would say the mid nineties, when Marvel nearly went bankrupt, image was just in its infancy. DC was in that different state of flux where they killed off Superman mm-hmm. nightfall happened and everything had to be this big monstrous event for the comics. I would say that that actually is where that era, if you want to call it the modern era was killed off. Yeah. Because everything, I, I would say everything just dropped off rapidly because you had Marvel who was on such a roll at the beginning of the nineties when Batman 89 was really kicking in. And you, I mean, how many millions did X-Men one sell with Jim Lee? Oh gosh. I, mean, I, I forget Pat Pat's going to strangle me next time he sees me. Cause he always tells me the number, but it was somewhere like around 8 million copies, something absurd like that. Yeah. For a comic book. That's, that's unheard of. They don't yeah, sell and, 8 million copies. Yeah. And I mean, right there, that was the pinnacle when you're having Rob Liefeld and Todd McFarlane doing pop culture commercials mm-hmm. and going on, I believe it was what the Arsenio Hall show. And mm-hmm. they were on, there would be, there were our own rock stars. Yeah. But as we started going to the end of that decade, it really started fading off. And like we say, when Marvel of all things was <laughs> filing for bankruptcy, it was like, what? And then it did get that resurgence, though, I think, with the MCU, because even though we still had the X-Men Phil franchise and they did well for that original run until X3, it was that kind of, I want to say balanced era. I don't think it was like a booming era, but mm-hmm. it was more like a recouping era. Yeah. Rebuilding but I will era. say, yeah, I will say when Iron Man came out with Robert Downey Jr., it was the biggest gamble for this age of superheroes mm-hmm. and it paid off. Because at that time, Iron Man was a B-list superhero. Mm-hmm. He was not the big franchise guy that we see now. He really didn't have that strong of a fan base. Tried doing the morning cartoon. Remember, it was split between him and the Hulk Yeah, at one point during the 90s. Which I'm pretty sure is on Disney+. Plus. Yes. It was such a gamble for Marvel that they went all in. And the quality of it really showed fans for a time when the superhero era was... Still, I don't want to say mm-hmm. dead, but I want to say still that stagnant. Yes, that's a great word. It really showed him that there's still a place for them and still showed you why to care about a hero that for a lot of fans didn't know who he was. And it was yeah. a different hero. And Robert Downey Jr. really brought that to life that that was a catalyst for, OK, what's going on here? This movie was great. I want to watch more. And mm-hmm. then we started doing the bonus scenes at the end. So that got more people interested. And then right there, we started picking up momentum again. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. They weren't only taking a risk with Iron Man and trying to then resurge with live action comic book movies. They took a risk on Robert Downey Jr. Oh, absolutely. Who had come out of the woodworks with, he'd been in jail and he had been mm-hmm. in so much trouble and it's a flight risk. But thankfully, Feige and John were like, he's perfect though yeah he is had, tony stark so yeah it was such a high gamble but man it paid off and i i think it really showed the change that 
we could see our heroes in a different light, so to speak, mm-hmm. because Iron Man is such a flawed character and Robert Downey Jr. was coming out of such a dark place mm-hmm. and to have that resurgence too along with it. I mean, it was perfect casting for what they needed to do. And everybody knows Downey could act. I mean, even though with all his troubles, he could act like nobody's business. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that I would have to agree. I think that's when the age began. And, you know, I've made jokes here and there on the show about DC people, Marvel people, blah, blah, blah. As a DC person, some people would be like, oh, is it hard for you to accept the fact that it was Marvel that saved the age of the superhero and i'm like no at least it was freaking saved like no i'm not complaining one bit thank the lord that kevin feige swooped in thank the lord that disney bought marvel and flushed it with cash and the ability to do what they did with it because if not lord i mean things that wouldn't be happening we wouldn't be having this episode probably at the very least i mean if you really want to break it down Marvel showed the pop culture audience that superheroes are still relevant. Mm-hmm. We always had Superman. We always had Batman. But those movies, obviously, for different reasons, didn't explode the same way. I mean, the Nolan trilogy stands on its own because totally. it's still Batman. It's a whole different ball of wax. Mm-hmm. But had Iron Man not been as successful as it was, I don't think the CW shows would have taken off like they no. did. I don't think that you have had other franchises such as Ant-Man guardians of the galaxy and even deadpool take off the way that it did and i know deadpool's not in the mcu yet officially but still it's those characters that you would have looked at when they came out and said there is no way these are going to be some of the biggest characters in all of pop culture absolutely here we are like it's so mind-blowing to think about but it all got restarted up again, kind of like you think like a weird Ragnarok to bring it back to Thor terms Yeah. when Tony Stark did it. Because for that time period before, I mean, the movies were still happening, but they still weren't the big booms that they mm-hmm. used to be. And everybody went through this renaissance of, okay, what are we going to do now? And finally, Marvel just said, well, we have to rebound in a big way. We're going to go all in. Obviously, they had to deal with a lot of bad movie signings they did because they didn't keep it all under one roof but they played the long game and they've won. And for the competition, if Marvel does well, DC does well. I know people say that's crazy. No, it's not crazy, but it's it's true. I know, but I like, I have discussion with fans all the time too. And of Marvel and DC, I'm like, no, you don't understand. If one does well, it'll step the other one's competition up. Mm It will drive creativity. You need that balance because if they don't feel they have any competition, they put it on cruise control and that's where we go back. Mm -hmm. And that's where DC, love it or hate it, tried doing the shared universe. The problem was it wasn't the original plan. And that's what hurts them. But now they're on the verge of having a big comeback for pop culture. I mean, you take a look at what is going on with the Snyder cut slash reboot slash rebirth, whatever you wanted to find it, because at this point, it's a whole new movie. Like, you can't even tell me otherwise. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Everything going on with that is now making people want to pick up HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And then you look at everything else is getting shifted there. Obviously, Wonder Woman 84 has to go there for with what's going on in the world right now. It's not to say it's not going to go back to the movie theaters when it comes out, because I guarantee you it is. So we'll have a run, I will say, next summer if vaccines and everything is working. Absolutely. But it's something that the fan base is now 
getting more involved in because what they're doing is they're focusing on the characters instead mm-hmm. of trying to make it Marvel 2.0. Mm-hmm. It's let these characters stand and breathe on their own and the fans will flock to it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Who was so great about it? What's so great, not just as a nerd, what's great about living in the age of the superhero? I, for one, would have to say economy has to have some positive impact from nerd culture and the age of the superhero being so booming right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't help but think like movie movie ticket sales back into the community, back into states and all that stuff. Georgia saw thanks to the MCU booming and moving a lot of stuff to Georgia, Atlanta and the surrounding area have seen a boom in economy just due to the fact that, Oh, superhero movies are filmed here now. It's a, it's a win all around. I mean, the good thing about it, if you want to take it on a very simple level, it's the simple notions that the character traits from the 1940s throughout still remain the same. Mm-hmm. You have people with powers that want to do good, that want to set an example and make their world a better place. And that will resonate to fans on a very you know, small level because we don't have powers. Mm-hmm. but it still inspires people and what they think and what they do for a global impact. You're absolutely right. The economy thrives in it because what fans do is when you throw a character out there and I'll say guardians of the galaxy, just for this argument, you have them have this big blockbuster movie fans go. I want to know more about it. So after they've already spent their money at the theaters, they're going to go to their local comic shops or they're going to go to Marvel Unlimited or Cosmicology or wherever they can find their digital subscriptions and say, hmm, I want to go read about this. So fans start picking up books. The publishers say, hey, we have fans that want to read these characters. All right, let's start doing more books. More books means more people are working. Mm-hmm. Then you flip it to the video games. Oh, well, kids like to have these characters because we're selling a ton of merch and toys. Let's do video games. Boom. And then it just kind of goes from there. It's the cartoons to everything. It's a win-win because when you can connect with fans and really give them something to sink their teeth into and something that they'd spend so much quality as a creators to present it to the world, it's going to connect to them and they'll just be fully enthralled. And that's why you have the superhero boom that we do. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So I'm uh, thinking about the good. Even if there isn't really much bad, you have to also think, oh, is there any negative effect, blah, 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 just to for sake of we at least mentioned it. Are there any bad aspects of the age of the superhero, whether it's fan bases, whatever? Yes, there is. (laughs) Oh, I I don't mean to come up like that because I actually thought about this when you pose the question. One you have the complete opposite effect of the 1940 values of superheroes. And the prime example is you have the boys, which I love the show, but let's face it. They show what can go absolutely wrong with superheroes if they're not kept in check and their morals are corrupted. It's a fantastic show though. I love that show. So I'm not, I'm so, I'm so thankful we have that show. Yeah. But it also shows the, the bad side of superheroes. And we haven't seen that since Watchmen. Because Watchmen showed how morally corrupted heroes could be, but yet they're still supposed to be the, you know, good guys after all. So Mm -hmm. it does give that complexity. So if you like your literature a little mixed, it's great for it because it's not everything is so black and white. It's got shades of gray all through it. 
Uh, the bad side, though, also is oversaturation and copycats that you have this problem. And I always revert back to the 90s because the 90s, I always say, was such a bad period in comics that yeah. everybody was trying to copy everybody. You had crazy deaths of major characters, big events that really didn't make sense, in my opinion. You also had everybody was trying to do new versions of the same character. And that just got played out because everybody goes, oh, this is a cheap rip off of this one. Oh, this I'm not going to read this because I read this. You also had the fan bases try, you know, I guess be declare your side and stay on it. I only like Marvel. I can't like DC. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the fan bases don't realize, listen, you go to a comic book shop. They're going to have everything on the bracks. Go grab what you want. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to say you have to like one or the other. And if they do, they're stupid. I'm sorry. Great. Yeah, I just like I, I can't get into that fan base. Like you can say you like one more than the other, sure. But if you just to go sit there, like, well, I can't read Marvel because it's Marvel. What? No, no, that superheroes don't teach you that to begin with. Let alone if a character is written and drawn well, go support them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you have that problem that you'll get that slight oversaturation, and then you have everybody just being a copycat, and then the authenticity goes away, and then you're stuck with well. This is a ripoff of this one, and that tunes fans out. Yeah. Do you think that another bad aspect, and I'm only playing off of what was, Lord, about a year ago, I think it was Scorsese made that just offhanded comment about superhero comic book movies not being real film, and he thinks that it saturates the arts and stuff like that or oversaturates it or waters it down what true performance is and do you do you buy into any of that no i i think i understand what he is saying because it is all based on your interpretation of what film should be Mm. but i also treat film like this how many genres of film do we have action comedy drama horror the list goes on and on If you want to go to a mind-numbing, action-packed film, go to it. Mm -hmm. Because your version of film is different than his version of film, is different than that person's version of film. If you're mad because the easy comic book simplicity scripts are selling well, guess what? That's going to connect to a larger audience than an arts written script that is over the top for a lot of people that would not necessarily go to it in the first place. And that's where I stand with it. And I think for him to say that I, in my opinion was not the best comment to make. And I thought it was a very bad look. Yeah. It really, it really backfired on him. It really wound up opening a lot of people's eyes into well, the, the following to these are, are, huge so Mm -hmm. you've pissed off a very massive group of people and not just them you've pissed off the people who just subconsciously enjoy it yeah also you're you're insulting the fan base yeah of moviegoers not just comic fans yeah the and and i'm someone who watches all genres i'm entertained Mm -hmm. by all genres whatsoever i mean it, it can be the cheesy sci-fi channel zombie crappy <laughs> zombievers or whatever yeah. 
mm-hmm. or it can be a star is born or it can be iron man or it can be some oscar award-winning movie i'm gonna watch it all but i took it as dude you just insulted me like i also watch your movies man <laughs> like, yeah what the heck <laughs> if you have a good movie people go to it yeah i'm not saying that he, that he doesn't have good films he does have great films but it just it sounded like sour grapes like mm-hmm. if, you, if you're mad because the studio is going to invest 200 million dollars in endgame and they're not going to give you 200 million dollars to tell a period piece that has already been told x amount of times with the same cast that you always use exactly <laughs> if you're just going to reinvent if you're just going to you know keep spinning the wheel you're not going to get anywhere so yeah if you want to have sour grapes that you can do a passion project i'm sorry but guess what maybe it wasn't going to connect for a dollar sign in a business Mm-mm. you know like that's and i just think anybody that insults it it just doesn't get the big picture the big picture is to get people to go to the movies mm-hmm. and if you like simple scripts because let's face it marvel and dc both have pretty simple scripts but yeah. they're entertaining we go Absolutely. as fans to enjoy it do you see the big hero come up and save the day from the clutches of evil we've been going since the dawn of time we're going to keep going way down the road when this is still happening absolutely and it kind of makes me think of a quote that uh, lance storm just made about aew okay Uh, he said um another of the same thing like aew to wwe or comic book movies to movies in this aspect is like pineapple on pizza there are people who absolutely love it Mm-hmm. There are people who can't stand it, but the difference is, is people try to make you feel bad for what you like. Yeah. Like you'll hear yeah. the whole, like, you like pineapple. Who are you? Like, and they'll just try to berate you because of what you like. And he's like, what's with that? Why do we do that? Like, why is that in our human nature? <laughs> Cause people like having ego trips and thinking that they're the straw that stirs the drink. And I'm, I'm convinced of it that just people want to get on their high horse and just, knock whatever somebody else likes because whatever they like somebody else gave them a bad reaction to mm-hmm. and that's like i just tell people tune out comments i said my god you got one life to live are you going to literally sit there and worry about what some idiot online is going to type at you and knock something you like doing no you just keep you skim the comment go ha and keep going because the fact that they want to sit there and criticize and complain about something you like Who's really winning the fact that you made them so mad by just being you that they had to get on their computer, stop what they're doing and type some idiotic tweet that somebody is just going to go delete or block and keep moving. I mean, it writes itself, but yeah, no, I I, getting back to the point though, but that's what it is. It's just, people want to have this ego trip that they just got to be the number one. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, your opinion is your opinion. I can respect it, but I don't have to like it. Agreed. Agreed. So do you ever see an end to this? Uh, And I asked that because a few months ago, me and Rev were, Rev was actually in town, in Morristown, and a really good friend of ours was in from the military. And we Mm -hmm. hadn't seen him in forever. And we were just, we were watching Jane Silent Bob reboot, and we were talking about comic book movies and stuff like that. And his... I don't want to don't say this was his actual quote, but in essence, he basically said, give it another five or 10 years and this will all be over like this, this. And, and that's kind of where I got the, 
the inspiration for I'd like to do an episode about this is he said this era will be over and these movies will be gone and it'll just be back to comic books. I was like, I don't know, man. I really don't see it ending ending. So do you see an end to this age? Do I think this is going to end like it did in the 90s? No. I think what you're going to happen, what you're going to have happen is Marvel is going to take an L at some point. Mm-hmm. There, It's just the law of averages. Some film, and I'll even give my early prediction, like we'll do locks and leaps like we do on the ODP. Okay. Okay. My lock that is going to be their first quote unquote loss is Eternals. I think that that is going to be the one that they struggle with immensely. I think the leap of what could be bad could honestly be Spider-Man 3. And what I mean by this is we're now having this weird combination of allegedly, because we don't know anything official yet, of former Spider-Man from the Sam Raimi era to the Andrew Garfield films to everybody else all coming and converging on one film. Is it going to be so over the top of fan service that fans actually get turned off by it? Because you can't have too much fan service. You yes. <laughs> and I fully think they're going to do that. And I think that that could be something that they take their first L on as well. Eternals to me, like, I'm sorry, I've really tried to wrap my head around like how this is going to be a blockbuster film. Mm-hmm. And I can't. The source material, in my opinion, is not good. It never has sustained a long comic run. And I really have not had a conversation with anybody that says, hey, did you pick up that issue of Eternals? <laughs> in my life. I'm, I, I just cannot wrap my head around it. And I know they're trying their hardest to make this movie so relevant. That with everything from Kit Harrington getting added to playing Black Knight to you're having Angelina Jolie be the the focal point of the movie, that you're going to have the word mutant get said in it because it's going to happen. It's dealing with evolution. So I'm fully banking on that. I think that they're going to be the ones that are really going to struggle with this when it doesn't do blockbuster numbers. Like it will do a good opening week, but sustaining? Because it has the name Marvel on it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's I always say it's like Crystal Pepsi. You'll pick it up if you dry, if you like drinking Pepsi, but you're not going to pick it up for a second time. No, you're not. No, and that, I honestly think that that is going to be their their big quote unquote loss. That I think people are going to start worrying a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then we have to remember one thing with Marvel: they have Fantastic Four and X Men ready to get rebooted, mm-hmm. and everybody, I don't care who you are, wants to see what they're going to do with those franchises. Mm-hmm. And they're everybody, at the, they're at the hip. They they have a holster over here with the mutants and a holster over here with the first family. And so they're they're like, yeah, we we just took an L. They might even take an L and have on that and Shang Chi. Shang Chi could be an L too. See, Shang Chi, I'm going to say is going to be a surprise. A I think that it's going to be big. Okay. Because here's where I look at it. When have we had a blockbuster kung fu karate film? in the last 10 years. Hmm. I would say we haven't had a blockbuster karate film since the karate kid. I would say like, I'll even push like crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Okay. Crouching tiger. Yeah. Uh, like I'll, I'll, I'll put, yeah. yeah, I'll push that one. So if fans haven't seen this mm-hmm. in a long time that you're going to see Marvel, 
dip their feet into the pool and bring you something different that mm. we haven't seen before, I think people are going to flock to it. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is it's already wrapped filming. We only know three people involved. They've played it close to the belt. Exactly. So what's to say that when they drop that first trailer, we're not going to see somebody. Which is rare. Yeah. It's rare to not hear anything. Yeah. They've played it so quietly. That's, with this that's why I think that I think it's going to be a blockbuster. Like, I don't think, I think they'll, it'll do Ant-Man numbers, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Maybe like you'll, you'll be in a good mix range between there. But I think that's going to do light years business that I know originally people were saying like, how can you do that? I'm like, think about it. They've never done a movie like this. Yeah. And we haven't seen one in films for years. Mm-hmm. Fans are going to go, what is this? And go. And hopefully and- they use that to spawn off the idea. Whoever owns the rights now, I think I don't want to say maybe Warner brothers then realizes, oh, you can do a quality live action DBZ. <laughs> you really can. Yeah. I hope, because I'm a huge DBZ fan, I hope that it spawns that because that live action movie was was awful. I think it's a matter of time with that. I think the fan base just needs to get vocal about it. Mm-hmm. And I think for Warner Brothers too, they're going to see what Marvel's going to do next year because let's face this fact. Marvel is going to have the most ridiculously stacked 2021 Mm. or modern year in our lifetime thanks to 2020 <laughs> yes so like i say everybody can say 2020 is awful i agree but 2021 it's gonna be it's gonna be you have the possibility of four shows on disney plus at the bare minimum you have black widow ready to get dropped you have shang chi ready to go eternals I think is ready to go. Mm-hmm. And there's also possibilities that they might have something else lined up too, because the rumor I'm hearing a little bit too about Spider-Man three, that could get dropped yeah. in 2021. Yeah. If they really hustle with it. I mean, they could, they could have the ability to truly take over the year and just in that year, maybe have what we're saying possibility of two L's at the mm. end of 2021. Maybe yeah. two L's, but then they have on each holster. Okay. Now it's time. 2022, yeah. 2023 is going to be time to fire from the holster. X-Men fantastic Four, drop the casting, drop the trailer. Now we're off to the races again. We had a little lull mm-hmm. thanks to a pandemic and two movies that we thought we could make work, but we just maybe did it just to see. Yeah. Um, and then boom, we're back in the heat of, you know, three or four mutant movies, three or four Fantastic Four movies, crossovers, new Avengers, stuff like that. So the wildest thing is they're going to be building up for Secret War and with I've Doom. Been dying for Secret War. The fact the Russo brothers said that that would be the only film that they would come back to do in the They'll MCU. Disney is going to say, we made how much money with you guys on the <laughs> Avengers Infinity Saga? Yes, here's our checkbook. Let us know when we can do this. Thank you very much. Drive home safely. Tell us who you need. Tell us yeah. what you need, what you yeah. want. Do you, do you need? We'll go. We'll talk to Warner Brothers. We'll go get, we'll, like I say, there's only one movie that would ever top the box office. And I think that this would end the age mm-hmm. of superheroes. JL Avengers. Justice League Avengers crossover. And then done. If, if, if that happens, what else is there? 
there's yeah. nothing. Like so, if you just see Captain America talking with Superman on screen, it's, I mean, it's over. I could probably die content. Yeah. And be like, okay, we got to it. Ever since we read the comic all of those years ago, a yeah. subconscious dream that every nerd has had is one day, will we get to see it in cinema? Will we get to see a live action, you know, Captain America fighting against Superman? Yeah. Or, I mean, then, I mean, I would honestly say, if I'm them, say, that's our swan song. Yeah. You we'll, don't need to do another movie the rest of your life. Thank you very much for this 20, 25 year run. Thank you. This has been great. Uh, somebody will see you in 10 years to reboot it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we'll have the director's cut, the Russo's director cut or something <laughs> like that. We'll, we'll come back out 10 years later and we have like 25 minutes extra footage or something. Like that's the only way I, I could see the age ending because there will always be an audience for superheroes that no matter where it is, it just won't be as vocal. It won't be as loud, but realistically, if the characters don't connect with the fans and you don't show them anything new, you don't give them something to get that wow factor, then it will go away because that's exactly what happened in the late nineties, early two thousands that everything just felt so recycled. And even when you have the success of the X-Men and, and Spider-Man's it, it ran out because they couldn't keep the momentum going. I think what Marvel has done is they laid the blueprint that they can keep going for years. Yeah. DC is now reinventing themselves. But where DC is getting smart about it is they're saying, okay, how can I get this character over for the next seven years? Mm -hmm. And there's focusing on each one specifically. They're not worrying about crossovers. They have the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to focus so much on doing a Worlds of DC or DCU. We're just going to let the characters speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. The fact that we're going to have a Black Adam film is enough to make people go, wait, DC's doing what? Who? Because who? <laughs> exactly. I get asked that all the time. I'm like, read Shazam. You don't You'll understand. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I get that question too. And I'm just kind of they're like, so. Who's this reverse Shazam that The Rock's going to play? And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. It's yeah. not reverse Shazam, first of all. Yeah, I know. This isn't The Flash. Oh, uh, like you only imagine. I'm like, but you don't know who Black Adam is, then get to reading. Yeah. Because that's an anti-hero for the ages. Oh, my God. One of the most classic anti-heroes. That, that only till recently only finally got some shine. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, a years past, like people were just sleep on him. I'm like... How can you sleep on Black Adam? He's one of the most powerful yeah. villains in the DCU, but you can't call him a villain because when you break him down, he's an anti-hero yeah. at best. He's, but, he's doing the right thing, just, you know, not really doing it the right way. Right. But just the simple fact that we're going to have that movie come out, The Rock, who is the biggest movie star in all Hollywood, has attached himself to it, mm -hmm. has purposely came out and said, I'm doing this film. I'm going to do this with the Justice Society of America. So I'm going to do a period piece and do this. And with that, you get Dr. Fate name dropped. Yep. Which people have been wanting for years. Like, when do we get to see him live action? Because he's, yeah. he's, you know, somewhat in his own obscurity, unless you're a big animated series fan. You know, mm -hmm. the Justice League animated, Young Justice, stuff like that, uh, like I am. So I've been asking for Dr. Fate for years. But now the mainstream is going to get to see 
who Dr. Fate is, which in turn, going back to that economy, you know, statement, they're then going to be like, I want to read, I need to find out more about this Dr. Fate guy. Yeah. They're going to get HBO Max and watch Young Justice or the cartoons, or they're going to go read about Dr. Fate. Um, But just knowing also, I, I trust that film as well, because The Rock is a fan. Yeah, exactly. Of his story, of Black Adam's story. And that thing they released at DC Fandom, I was like, okay, he's feeling this. Mm -hmm. He's excited about this. So I think it's going to be great. And to know that Black Adam in the DC universe is going to get something, Lord knows what they can do next. Well, that's going to be the the big telling point because this movie is a a success, and I fully think it's going to be. Mm -hmm. I, I think the rock behind it, is going to definitely push us through the moon. You're going to have the door open for so many other DC characters to at least get maybe an HBO Max show, maybe a CW show, pending on what the vibe is going on with that whole universe. Because if anything, we might see the end of that happen first before the end of the age of superheroes. Yeah, I think I think the CW DC universe is coming to its twilight. I don't think it's on the... I don't think Twilight's on the 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 horizon just yet, but I think with Arrow gone, Supergirl getting canceled, there are you know how much more can Flash do? Well, the, what they need to figure out if they want to keep going on CW is you need to introduce characters on there that people are going to know, mm-hmm. and you have to give them something they haven't seen over and over, which. With Arrow and Flash, after that, it's always the CW's third season curse, I always say, is they go into this lull, and the season doesn't do well, and they don't respond very good, in my opinion. That They always are trying to say, well, okay, this failed season three, but I'm going to come back and do something completely different for season four. And then those fans are smart enough to go, wait, this isn't the same character we've seen over Mm -hmm. the years. So I think what they need to do is have some characters on there that we haven't seen before. Do a whole new slate of characters. Keep Superman and Lois on because you can have super, obviously everybody knows Superman. People are going to tune in and watch the fact they're going to do super sons is going to be absolutely crazy too. So that's something different. We haven't seen with Superman. So people are going to tune in. I think if you have him as your new Arrowverse figure, Mm -hmm focal point you still have batwoman who i can't wait to see the new season what they're going to do with a new character i'm too i'm excited for that yeah i'm I'm excited especially they just introduced her in the comics Mm -hmm. too that you can have those are your two cornerstone pieces like arrow and flash and then just have some other characters that maybe aren't going to go to hbo max and whatever they're going to do there but give them the chance to go to yeah green lantern i mean obviously whatever they're going to do with the core they should just call it green lantern core from all the Mm -hmm. other lanterns i'm hearing involved with hbo max but have some other characters on there that you could do a show with. Like I could see like if you want to do a Blue Beetle Booster Gold. I was about to say that. You took it right out of my lips. I want to see Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Yeah. That's who I want to see. You could do that on CW, and I think that could work. I, I love it on HBO Max because I could just imagine the humor they would go do oh, on yeah. But it Yeah, would it could fit, be more would, adult than yeah. CW can. But I could definitely see them doing it on CW. I could also see... You know, some other characters they're, they're toying with about doing on there as well. It's just a, they have such a big playbook. It's like, don't mm-hmm. be afraid to take a shot with something. We saw one of the biz, biggest successes with Stargirl. Oh, my gosh. Now go in there. And Great I always show. tell people, 
yeah, the biggest surprise of 2021 in my, or 2020, in my opinion, that how good that show was and how modern retro it was, mm-hmm. but it still worked. Mm-hmm. So to see what they're going to do for season two, which I'm waiting to see the budget. That's the only thing that's scaring me right now. They're not going to have that DC universe money, you know, the CW one. So that's true, but maybe it'll clear up with Supergirl gone too. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking clear up a little money. They got some possibilities to do because I, I just think with the CGI for doing Stripe, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And I like and Luke Wilson is so good in that role too. Like I, I want, I'd like I don't want anything changed like yeah. from the show. So I'm like I'm skeptical. But like I say, you could have Star Girl who came to CW and was a big success. Who really knew her prior to this? Nobody. Okay. So why not take a shot and just keep you know put those unknown heroes on CW, see what they can do. And go from there, mm-hmm. and then keep HBO Max for your ones that are almost going to be movies, but not like Justice League Dark and mm-hmm. Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they're going to do Strange Adventures, which I'm I'm waiting to see how they do that one. I don't yeah, know. it'll be interesting. Uh, I I think that Martian Manhunter, that guy has done fantastically, and he needs oh, yeah. to go somewhere, either his own show or somewhere. What I think they should do is reboot Legends of Tomorrow, get rid of the cast they have on the Wave Rider right now with the exception of Sarah Lance because mm-hmm. she is amazing. Katie Lotz absolutely crushes in that role. Mm-hmm. Put Martian Manhunter on there. Put Black Lightning on there because I know you're canceling the show. He'd be a great addition to the team. If you wanted to try dabbling in the Justice League Dark, put Zatanna on there. Oh, bring in Zatanna. Yeah. Bring back Constantine. Yeah, like you can, you, you can, can bring kinda, him back, bring Matt Ryan back as Constantine, yeah. or give him his own show. Don't mm-hmm. put it on CW though. Can't mm-hmm. go. Well, no, he's got to go to HBO Max. He, the, if you're going to tell Constantine, you got to go to HBO Max. Absolutely. But, but for Legends, because let's face it, they've had so many people leave the show that the team on there right now is like, who's the heavy hitter? Mm-hmm. Like you had Firestorm gone, Adam gone, like it's still. Still in it, yeah, yeah, but kind of in like a lesser role now. Uh, like, and I, I, I'm honest, uh, you know, no offense to the actor or the character of Heatwave, but once Cold was gone, yeah, I was like, there's really no need to keep Heatwave around. They're a package. He he's great in in the role he does because he does do those one liners, but it's also mm-hmm. like what I said before, when it becomes stagnant and you've seen it before you have to do something different with the team. Mm-hmm. And I think where Constantine was a great addition, you still don't have that big threat, you know, heavy hitter on that team, like a Martian Manhunter would fill in that role. Mm-hmm. That I, I think sorely hurts that show because when you see who they're fighting and and of all the DC villains they've done, I, they don't really have a, a big rogues gallery to justify what their mission is. So I think that they're really struggling, but I would love to see if you want to take a shot with some heroes that you're not sure would do well on a show, put them on legends. Mm-hmm. Like I was always saying, they should always put Wally West on there. I was blown away yeah. that they didn't keep him on there. Yeah. He would have been agree. perfect, but I, I, I wasn't sure if the actor wanted to stay on there and do it. So that might have been the issue. I don't know. I mean, you but, could do characters like, um, I'm trying to think of my justice league animated characters uh the characters that can you know let's test it out on legends and if they're successful you know we got elastic man but then the actor opened his mouth and said something terrible but you know it was working 
Yeah. And Elastic Man was coming into his own and you know, it's it's different than being voiced by Jeremy Piven in a cartoon. It's, it's true. <laughs> but it was working at least. And they did it with Vibe and the Flash. Like nobody knew who the heck Vibe was. Mm-hmm. Really. I mean, most mainstream, like I'm gonna watch the Flash because it's the Flash. Yeah. You know, when they heard Cisco Ramon's name, they weren't like oh, Vibe. Yeah. And they've yeah. made Vibe work. He's done well with it. They've done well with what they've given Vibe, but there is a list long as you know a year to say let's test it out Mm. you know vigilante might work he could work yeah you you just never know yeah and that's that's the thing i think the cw just has to really take a look at the playbook and like who can we get in here that Mm -hmm. we're not sure would work but give them a pilot run i know they're trying to do a spinoff character from black lightning but I don't know who that character is, Painmaker, but in like Painkiller or Painkiller. Yeah, it's, it's not really ringing anything in the comics. Like for me to go, oh yeah, I want to see that character on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. For CW though, I, I think that they could be the ones the first fall for the age of superheroes, mm-hmm. just because they really need to have somebody step up and really reignite that that universe. Because the problem that we have with superheroes shows. Once you get to season five, it's almost like, where do you go from here? And I think that for what we have with CW, I think Arrow was in waves of what seasons were good and what seasons were. And then Flash started doing the same thing. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how much longer Grant Gustin wants to do the role or is going to be a part of it. And obviously, you know, he can only do so much. I, I think they did not do a good job with the rogues gallery. No, and the rogues gallery that Flash has third best one in comics. the stuff you can do with that rogues gallery with those names mm-hmm. especially after they first showed the trickster and mark hamill came back to play the trickster i was like pay that man to yeah. do more stuff as the trickster please you've got the third best i argue with logan and josh all the time you know they're big spider-man rogues gallery i do say that he is the second best rogues gallery but Facts. i'm like oh, you know sometimes i think the flash might be a little That's better super Just, flash yes absolutely so i mean the the names and flash's rogues gallery the stories you can tell the season wide with just one villain in the rogues gallery Mm-hmm. you know like you did with reverse flash and instead of just like oh captain cold gets two episodes in this season or no captain cold is one of his his rogues gallery he's a great attention you know mm-hmm. give him his own season good lord he's the yeah. mr freeze of flash they could have done so much more with that rogues gallery instead of doing season one the one and dones like that mm-hmm. drove me absolutely crazy like abracadabra was gone in a heartbeat Mirror Master was uh, Weather Wizard. Yeah, it's like, why didn't you just do the formula which you're doing now, which I think does work for the CW? Mm-hmm. You do the first 11 episodes is one villain, and then you flip it to another one. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's all you need to do. Because I think when you try stretching out Savitar for oh, an entire 22, and I'm sorry, he was in the comics for what, a cup of coffee? Yeah. He was a, he was a mid-90s guy that had a cult. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So, so what do we get, like the future evil version of Barry Allen. Like, come on. Oh, like, and really we got jigsaw to do the voice. Ooh, cool. We'll make a whole season out of it. Yeah. Like who was in there green lighting that in my opinion, like somebody should have said, no time out. Give him an episode, <laughs> give him one. And then see if the fans are like, I have you ever gone to a con and see anybody cosplay as Savitar? Oh. 
No, yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry. In, in my unofficial ODPH opinion, if you're going to have a center villain for an entire 22 episode season, I had better see at least one cosplay at a convention of that character. If not, you are not allowed. Go home. Reboot. That's rules. Those you're allowed. Rules. You're allowed a holiday episode, and you're done. <laughs> that's it. We'll jump the shark with you, but that's it. Yeah, like seriously, you are not allowed to do this. Well, especially since Avatar looked like a miniature version of the Megatron from the Transformer movies. Oh my God! Yeah, I was like, are we crossing over? Like, I was like, I was. If he did, and I saw Soundwave come out, I would marked out. I would got. Kicked, I would got kicked off Twitter. It would got Avatar. That's Megatron. If all of a sudden you, you see a Starscream. Soundwave, I will lost it. What is WP doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know, but I'm here for this. <laughs> like, it would have made no sense, but my God, it would have been perfect. But, th- but that's like the problem you have with CW. It's and, and it's nothing against they have a lot of great talented actors and actresses mm-hmm. and and writers, but it's just when I feel they get to that third season, it's like, okay, where do we go from here? And then somebody throws a crazy TV idea against the wall instead of a comic one. Mm-hmm. I just can't, I, I'm just like, why? Like, I always say the pinnacle of this is why Arrow season three did we do Ra's al Ghul? And Batman you did, story. You did a Batman story from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Stop. Who, like, no. Do you think we're dumb? <laughs> like, yeah, like, I remember watching that and I'm going, they're telling Son of the Demon. Like, I've read this before. I swear yeah. I've read this. Even dialogue seems familiar. <laughs> yeah. Like take like what they should have done if you really want to go out on a limb, have Prometheus from yeah. the comics. Yeah. Dude, you could have done him for a whole season. But why are you borrowing so much from the Bat universe? Especially after you had the greatest CW season of all time with season two of Arrow. Mm. And you come off with that? Like, come on. Now, Read the comics. Two, that was all Mirakuru, right? Yeah. The, yeah, Manu the, Bennett is Slade Wilson. The final battle, like all the soldiers <sighs> and the and the heroes that were helping, and I was like, "Oh, this is like the end of a movie. This is yeah. fantastic." Yeah, I mean, it just it, three every episode I'd watch, I'd go. The Batman fan in me is like, "Cool, we get to see Ra's al Ghul," but also the Batman family fan in me is like, "Hey, don't steal it." Like, yeah, I, I thought he was coming for one episode, and I'm like, okay, I can I can stomach this for one, and now we're setting up for the whole thing and all that to really get Sarah Lance over. Which I mean, that was the only plus side because mm-hmm. I, I love I love Sarah Lance, but after that, I was like, we're really doing Son of the Demon. Mm-hmm. Okay, and not too long after that, we met Ra's al Ghul and Gotham. Yeah, so it's like okay. um it's just we know this is a batman guy yeah like he's born and bred batman you Mm -hmm. you can't force green arrow like that's one problem when you have you don't have a deep rogues gallery but i'm sorry green arrow has enough you could have worked with to not just blatantly borrow from batman and that's why it took him so long to get back to where they were i mean did damian dark the next episode or next season which okay was (laughs) what it was but then season five, you did uh, Vigilante or um, a version yeah, of did, Vigilante. You did yeah. a version of Vigilante, Adrian Chase, Adrian which Chase, was phenomenal, yeah. except the mm-hmm. worst cliffhanger ending of all time. We blow up the island and one person who we don't care about, who we don't 
know who she is for an entire five years is the only one who killed. And then we're supposed to go mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's so bad. Yeah. And we were, we're no. sitting there thinking, Oh my God, they've killed Merlin or they've killed speedy or they've killed, but no, someone we really don't care about died. Yeah. I was like, when that happened, I'm going, you mean this entire off season, you guys could not think of anybody else to kill off. I mean, this is comics, you could bring them back, just dump them in a Lazarus pit in about week 12. You could not have killed off anybody else. And didn't anybody think, hey, maybe we'll bring her back? No, she's gone. We don't care. Like, come on. Shame. I mean, it really is. It's, I, I would agree. I think that if anything's going to be the first to go, uh, the, you know, we, we just saw the, the death of our first stream during the stream wars with Quibi. Mm, yeah. Uh, so if the first to go in the age of superheroes is the CW universe, it will suck. But with that will probably come a lot of learning experiences. I agree. And a lot of, okay, now we know what to do with HBO Max. Who to bring in or who to bring into the films. Fully agree about that. And that's the one thing that with the success that CW has had, the fact that if this is going to be the next couple of years, the end of it, they did an impressive run. And they set the blueprint for how to do it on TV. Absolutely. like, I think they showed good and I think they showed bad because there's been a lot of good too. I know I harp on season threes, but that's usually like my, <laughs> my just like my knee jerk reaction every time I, I think about CWs and how like they've done really good with their season twos and then season three is like, yeah. Which is going to make you worry about season three on the CW of Stargirl. Yeah, which <laughs> I swear if they ruin that and, and I, I, but like I just got to give them more time to see what they can do with because the JSA is so like 80 years of history. So just don't have it be like Raz al Ghul comes. Yeah. It comes to blue Valley. Like, Oh God. <laughs> like can you just like that happens. I'm done. You're I'm out. Destroy blue Valley and yes. you will rebuild yourselves. Like, dude, we've seen this. Yeah. It's like, stop. Like this is not, Bring gonna... it. you know, I, I would, I would taste test the wonder twins. You could them do somewhere they got on a, the wave rider. Maybe they got a weird following. Uh, yeah. You, you could definitely do that too. I mean, they they kind of did tease a little bit about him at the end of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. The monkey cage. So, yep. So, I mean, if they wanted to do that, I'd be okay with it. It's, it's just something different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that just kind of bring it back tenfold. Cause I know we got a good rant there. Yeah. <laughs> this is just something that for the age of superheroes, if you're going to continue that success, you mm-hmm. need to keep reinventing yourself into entice a fan base that has a very disposable attention span that as you talked about with quibi who did not sustain a run that fan bases do have a short attention span but you really have to have them say okay what is going to make me break away from my netflix my hulu my you know you name your streaming service Mm -hmm. to watch your content and the same thing is exactly the point for superheroes what is going to make me put down my tablet or however I'm reading my comics to mm-hmm. go watch this superhero on this media platform? Mm-hmm. And if it's not a fresh take, if it's not something we haven't seen before, people are going to tune out and they're going to be like, I'm out. I mean, naturally we're, you know, it's a, a fault of us humans is our attention span. And mm-hmm. if you in, in the marketing and media world have not tapped into how to, not just gain the attention span, but sustain the attention span. Um, then you fail. If you haven't learned that, then you fail. And I hope to never see the end of the age of superhero, but you know, uh, 
Everyone wants a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we just won't see an end of it. I mean, superheroes will be they'll go away for a little bit, like if Marvel somehow just completely falls off. But I, the, Kevin Feige's too smart. Mm-hmm. It, he just he won't let that happen. You'll see a, a dip a little bit here and there, but for overall heroes, they're always going to stand the test of the time. You can look at for where it all began in the 40s to now mm-hmm. we're celebrating the 80th anniversaries of characters. To say that a character created in that time is still relevant today. Take your Batman, take your Superman, take your uh, Justice Society. The fact that we are still talking about them in 2020 just a proves statement. that. Yeah, it just proves that there will always be an audience for superheroes. And it will continue. It will continue for the dawn of time until the world blows up. It's just something that we won't see, you know, the popularity at this peak for a while if it drops. Mm-hmm. But this is where the challenge is going to be to creators to reinvent the wheel and give fans something to sink their teeth into. That if they cannot resonate and connect, they're going to tune out and they'll go away. But they'll always be the core fan base, the ones that go down to the comic shop every week. They'll be there thick and thick. Salute to them because they keep that medium going no matter what. But for pop culture, it's tough to stay on top forever. So it's just a matter of evolve or fade away. Cool. Well, Ken M, this has been a fantastic conversation. I enjoy any time I get to talk to you, especially always, about brother. superheroes. I will. Uh, I guess we'll we'll be meeting down the road. I love the podcast. Please let them hear. Tell them how they can find you. Simple. If you want to find out everything going on with the ODPH, and I hope you do because we try doing the best content we can, talking a parlay of topics each and every week. If you want to talk sports, if you want to talk pro wrestling, you want to talk music, you want to talk movies, TV, comics, and so much more, head on over to OchoDuroParlayHour.com. All our social media links are right there. You can also click on the pod chaser, drop a five-star review after you drop one for 30 and nerdy because the Tyler deserves all the credit in the world too. So drop five-star, five-star. I'll give you a whole list if you want to. We have a follow Friday that you should just five-star the holy heck out of. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you're going to be using the social media of the ODPH, drop that hashtag ODPH and join in the conversation. Tyler, it has been a pleasure as always, my friend. We have to have you on the ODPH at some point. You've been very Absolutely. gracious to let us come on here. And I know... I already have some rumblings from other podcasts that heard the Crisis on Infinite Nerveverse. Didn't you? Oh, yes. My DMs blew up because that episode, which is still on the 30 and Nerdy Network, so you definitely want to check that out, which has the East Coast Avengers, Dre Driven, Rich from 3FN, and yours truly on. People were going, how come I wasn't invited, and when are you guys doing a sequel, and when can I come back? I legit have DMs. So that episode, it will happen, uh, has to have a sequel at some point. I completely agree. And I could not think of a better time to do it than early in season three. I will hit the 100th episode for 30 and 30 podcast. So that would be the perfect time to let me know. You let me lay it out there and we'll, we'll throw out the line and see who bites and who wants to join. Cause I mean, I want to have such a big, crossover like crisis was to where like zooms like 
what in God's name is going on here? There's too many you, people. You know what you might have to do? You might have to split up like five nights and just have good. each one of us on like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like obviously just be like uh, episode, you know, 100.1, 100.2, 100.3. <laughs> it just have to be like the like I don't know how you want to do it because like I said, I had DMs blow up Good. and people were like, whoa, you guys had a great episode. How come I didn't get an invite? <laughs> I'm like, did I'm you want to come on? Like I said, okay. you should go line to Tyler. <laughs> like you could you could talk to him. You're like I, I will try putting you on if, if there's room, but it's not my show. Absolutely, will. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. So that episode definitely generated some waves. So we definitely, I want to throw that karma out to the world that we need to have that crossover at some mm-hmm. point again. Everybody's still buzzing about it. So obviously, shout out East Coast Avengers. Shout out Dre. Shout out Rich. Shout out to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Oh, always, brother. And cheers to you. Cheers to you, my friend. See ya. From us here at Advertising Expressions, we want you to know that we hope that you and yours have been well amid this pandemic. We have been blessed to have survived ourselves and realized that here in Morristown, it can be hard to keep things rolling in times like these. Therefore, whether you are a business that has closed and are looking to reopen, a business that has crawled through this time fighting for the next breath, or maybe you are a business that has done better in this time, we want to help you. See, our business is to promote yours and we strive to do that by getting your name in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are giving you 19% off new quotes that may result in orders of $190 or more. Use the promo code NERDRONA19, that's N-E-R-D-R-O-N-A-1-9. You can find us at 2103 Morningside Drive in Morristown, Tennessee, or contact us at 423-586-3270. How's it going? This is Rev with Brewing Up Rants Podcast. Me and the Duke of Nerds himself are coming at you with rants while also kicking back a few cold ones ourselves. Nothing is off limits here, so put up your feet, pour a cold one for yourself, and come hang out with us. Brewing Up Rants is a Badcast Company production. can be found on all major podcast platforms, like the one you're listening to now and many more. So what are you waiting for? Seriously, like what are you waiting for? There's no Cherry Coke here. Pop open that beverage. And cheers to you, nerds. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Welcome back to the 30 and Nerdy podcast, and we're continuing the conversation about the age of the superhero. And in this segment, I am joined by my bad cast company brother, the co-host of The Road So Far, host of Bruno Brands podcast, the Rev himself, Logan Roach. Brother, how are you? <clears throat> Doing good. Get my Evan Bourne on with the pieces, the I deuces. Like I like it feel weird being on like the main show though so oh. i'm usually like a behind the scenes guy yeah and usually when you're on 30 and nerdy you're ranting about something yeah. you have a segment you <laughs> no have a i'm segment. the gritty behind the scenes old man that yells at everybody <laughs> get off my lawn you and your ideas they don't mesh well with mine <laughs> liberals <laughs> republicans government Way Marvel treated Hulk. 
That's dead. It's over with. I'm I'm okay. So man, the conversation is about the age of the superhero, and obviously we are living in the epicenter of the age of the superhero. And mm-hmm. I had a great conversation earlier with Ken M from ODPH, and we we talked a lot about it. And I also wanted to get your opinion because you're someone that talks comics, talks the movies. You have a, a somewhat different mentality about everything. You're not full on a shill about everything. You will call something out, even if you're a fan. You'll call it out. Hence the nickname Rev of Rants. You know, uh, it doesn't matter how good something is. If something sticks out to you, you call it out. And I love that about you. So I wanted to kind of get your side as well about living in this age of the superhero. Ken M and I talked about how it really began. The age truly probably began with the first Iron Man. And yeah, I mean, there yeah, were we got some a taste of it with X-Men yeah. for a while, mm-hmm. which kind of broke through we got some which i feel like dc like quietly carried the torch for a long time for did. like the blow up i feel like i do agree with like the iron man started like the blow up of like mm-hmm. what it is now but we had, we had some pretty good ones back in the day spawn we had you know blade nobody really ever talked about blade anymore but those movies were great it's a fun fact uh if you watch the documentary on prime it's just called superheroes mm-hmm. um i think is what it's called uh i have to get that uh, you know marvel was username yeah, from yeah, there, yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> sure you will <laughs> sure i'll use um, it <laughs> marvel was on the verge of bankruptcy mm-hmm. like th- th- say that now in 2020 no, like going into like the 2000s verge of bankruptcy Mm -hmm. but blade was a box office hit and saved their asses so it's like snipes was so good playing blade mm -hmm. like everybody talks about iron man and uh i'm gonna draw a blank on wolverine right now jackman (laughs) hugh jackman they say they like the epitome of the character which is true but blade and snipes i felt like Brought such good swagger and like uh, just coolness to Blade mm-hmm. that you never really saw before. Which I, I still love those movies. I'll still go back and watch the second one. I don't know why, but I love the second one. With the Reavers. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think the Reavers is so cool. Mm-hmm. Third one is kind of, yeah, uh, but the curse of the trilogy. Curse, curse of the, of the trilogy, movie. bro. Yeah. You know, we've kind of established that Iron Man started this age that we're living in. Ooh. I guess my question is for you is why why do you think that this is carried for so long why do you think the age of the superhero has been has lasted this long and really shows no signs of slowing down i guess my biggest question for you right now is is why why do you think we gravitate even the smaller echelon of nerd or casual fan has blown up into nerd culture because of this explosion so why do you why do we gravitate to it oh man i think it's like it comes down to like a uh a fact of like it used to be kind of like an underground like cool thing to enjoy for yourself and it was never like a uh like a, a mainstream type of deal so you're either you know say like whether it's games you'd be like you know in arcades and you know 
a corner of a bowling alley mm-hmm. or having like your little, you know, 80s type neon lights or you're slumming it in some comic book store and like hanging out there. So you get kind of a bad rap for a while, like doing your nerd type things. And then all of a sudden it just kind of flipped on its head where, you know, if it's like sports you want to compare it to or whatever, like games have even blown up. And then, you know, the heroes have kind of become mainstream with the, like the uh, cartoons and stuff like that. So I feel like the people that enjoyed it when they were younger and it just kind of gravitated with that. And then we've just expanded and expanded and expanded. And plus we've got really lucky with like characters and storylines that kind of brought it to life. Cause a lot of times, like when you love comics or if you love like say, Batman is probably the most prime example. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. So mm-hmm. it's like Batman's been in the forefront for a long time, but it's kind of like midway because sometimes it's cool, sometimes it's not, but it's always a you know different character, so you're not really that familiar with it. And even like with X-Men, they kind of rebooted themselves to the ground and it's like it's hard to follow. But Marvel kind of perfected like this weird perfect symmetry of like everything so Mm -hmm. you've they established like these base characters where you really fall in love with it because if you ask a handful of people unless you're just a movie person like who knows rdj outside iron man you know it's like it's not a lot like unless you're just a fan of him like back in the day before he kind of had his fall and then his come up you don't really know too much about him and then it was just like a perfect match i think because i don't think if you had like a weird Iron Man, it would have caught on. Because I always tell you this, like in comics and stuff back in the day, you had like Superman was always like the king. You had, you know, uh, Spider-Man, Hulk was really big. Um, And you had like these different characters and it like completely flipped on its head. Because then you have Iron Man, you have Cap, and you have Thor, which they've always been cool characters, but they've never been like your main yeah centerpieces you know yeah they're not their main draw yeah so it was like an interesting kind of like which i know somebody's gonna listen to this was like i've always rolled with <laughs> thor da, 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 da. it's like come on bro where's your numbers where's your numbers before the 2000s but i don't know i just think it's interesting because that first iron man hit so well too because it was like even we talk about still to this day it's one of the better movies still mm-hmm. in that span of superhero movies and literally you can ask anybody nowadays and they'll tell you who Spider-Man is, who's, you know, Iron Man is what uh, Mjolnir is to Thor. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like a hide in the closet and read your comic books anymore. It's like, I am a comic book fan. They've become like in baseball terms, you know, how everybody, you know, makes fun of like Boston, you know, back in the day. And then they become the Yankees as punk put it to seen. It's like now, you know, the underdog has become the Yankees, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just kind of interesting. It's just along for the ride. And then poof. Cause even with that, like we're talking about, even with blade or X-Men or anything like that, you didn't hear the rumblings of like a huge following. You could still talk to people and be like, what's the X-Men? What is mm-hmm. that? So it's like, mm-hmm. even with the characters that they performed, like we had 
tons of people in those movies that were like perfect for those roles. It's just mm-hmm. for whatever reason it hit with, with Iron Man, which I think is due to a lot of just relatability and likability from RDJ. And I think absolutely he's just the grandfather of her, like that, that run. Mm-hmm. Cause it'll be interesting. Cause even with him as a catalyst, it'll be interesting going forward to see if people fall in love with other people that we don't have like a, we right now anyway, I don't feel, even as a Spider-Man fan, I don't think we have an RDJ at the moment. No, no, I would so, agree. You, you gotta, you know, the questions going into the next phase is, you know, we kind of always word it as who's going to be the next Iron Man. And they even use that as a premise in mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2. But but it's it's not necessarily who's going to be the next Iron Man. It's who's going to light the spark the way that RDJ did. Um, Tom Holland's great, but I don't think he's the spark lighter. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. is great as Strange. Brie Larson's great as... But I don't think we get that next spark, in my in my very humble opinion, until we meet Reed Richards or the X-Men. That's what if I was you cast saying. them correctly, then you can find the mm. spark again. I think Reed would be like we, if you uh, follow along on Mando Mondays, we did our ranking of the Jedi reveal. If I had mm-hmm. to rank a carrier of the franchise, it number one would definitely be Reed. Absolutely. Hands down. He's your next step to carry. Yeah, because he doesn't have to be like this ultra pot, which he is very powerful in his own right which he's you know one of the stronger i think you know heroes in it he just kind of gets a bad rap because he stretches but (laughs) he's super brilliant and you don't have to have like a captain marvel type style of superpower Mm -hmm. you just have to have like that leader and carrying capability and you Mm -hmm. just you gotta have you gotta have a good quarterback you got to that's what rdj was yeah so basically now we're looking for the next quarterback of the rest of the age of superhero. One thing mm-hmm. I did, I did want to post to you because we have so many social media conversations about social media mm-hmm. and does the age of superhero become what it is without social media? Like luckily when mm-hmm. Iron Man was coming out, we were also in the, the build of what Facebook is and what Twitter was becoming. And we hadn't even had Snapchat yet. I mean, so without social media, because, I mean, we're one of the last generations to grow up in a world without social media. MySpace didn't happen until our senior year of high school, (laughs) you know, so that's and that's kind of a a scary thing to think about is we're the last generation to know a world without it. You know, this next generation after us, Generation Z, they were born into social media. They were, you know, mm. 10 years old with a smartphone and a Facebook and an Instagram and a Twitter. So they don't know what wor- the world was like. So I guess my question is, without that boom in social media, do you think we have the age of superhero that we have today? Honestly, probably not. Um, just because how easy it is to get information out. So like, say a movie has like just this insane part back in the day. You're like, bro, you should go see this because it's like, Oh my God, this rocket shoots over here. blows this stuff up. He comes and saves everything. Da, 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 da. You got to go check this out. And then now it's like, you see clips all over the place or like you're getting info about it in two seconds. You got ratings. This is the next big thing. So it's like, 
comparatively like in the 80s like all those movies just like you take your pickup truck and you're like running by your buddy's house like hey good dude there's a party da, da, da. so yeah. you might have like 15 people nowadays it's like bro you gotta go see iron man then yeah. fifty thousand people are you know tagged in it whatever mm-hmm. just from you alone so times that by whatever like movies in the 80s ain't grossing you know a billion dollars in a month mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, and I would I would have to, you know, lean towards as much bad as it, it a lot of the times is. Social media really is, I think, a catalyst to the boom that we got. And I really would, I would link it to not just the beginning with Iron Man, but the social media presence that Dark Knight had, mm-hmm. and then Dark Knight Rises. Uh, that was just the 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 bottom layer of what was to come. I mean, now, you know, with Twitter, these people are following Robert Downey Jr. on Twitter and seeing what mm-hmm. he has to say. So that's him connecting, not exactly extremely personal mm-hmm. on, on a personal level with you or with me, but there's still a personal connection there with Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, like you said everybody's tweeting about it or posting about it everybody's tagging themselves in it like every time me and juice go to see a comic book movie or we went and saw endgame i know you didn't do it because you're not really big on social media but (laughs) he and i where this is where we're at this Mm -hmm. is what we're watching and this is who we're with that went to our social media pages so any of our followers can see where we're at Mm -hmm. and any of our followers can see Ooh, in games out. We should go tomorrow. Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I don't think it has the, the edge that it has now without social media. Mm-hmm. It felt like just everything lined up so perfect for Marvel just to knock this out of the park. Just because, like, you have those gritty films back in the day, like we were talking about, like Spawn and Blade and all that. Then you have, like, the reintroduction of the superhero with X-Men and like Batman and stuff like that. And then you have like just the dark Knight, which kind of ties in with Heath and then he passes and it's like people like him just for an actor. And then most people regard that as one of the best hero movies, just because kind of personally links that with the death too, not taking away from his performance at all. Cause it was amazing. But on top of that, that kind of put, that movie into a different stratosphere because you don't mm-hmm. really ever talk about one and three like you do too. No, you don't. And like that just kind of catapulted that to be and um any one uh awards too. So like he won uh best actor, Oscar. right? Yeah. Won so an Oscar. Won an Oscar for it. So then that kind of I feel like it just links everything. So that kind of put it into perspective of like you can take this seriously as movies. It's not just like a you know, a comic book thing. And so movie lovers start kind of coming down to it. You've got, you know, heroes and video games and they're starting to come to it. And then like this big ball, even with the X-Men, <clears throat> they haven't done so well in the past couple of years, but you still have that fandom. Mm. So then all that like happens and it meshes together. And then once you have a community like that, then it's just like, let's prove everybody wrong. <laughs> so then yeah. it becomes like, we're, we're the nerds and mm-hmm. we're pulling this thing to the max height. So once you start that, then it's like, Oh yeah, you're, 
you know, you're the jock. Come over here to be with our little nerd group. Yeah, come over here. So it's like a spider web of just like grabbing everybody at the perfect time. And then even just like I've mentioned that because just like with Endgame, like the big thing was we have to go see this movie so we can be Avatar. Avatar did nothing wrong to this community, but it's like <laughs> you're just in the way. It's just because that's how the community works. If you get back and like you have a, a following, it's so hard to stop it when it's rolling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you mentioned Avatar and it's not anything personal. I mean, I personally, <laughs> I remember when we went and saw it, it was you and me and uh, and Chris and Ivis, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we, we did uh, 50 Cent Wings at the Sagebrush before we went and saw it. And yeah. I remember leaving it like it was a grand spectacle, but I, I just, I didn't expect or understand its explosion. I was like, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. spectacle of a movie, but I'm not just like, like I really want to go see it again. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it was, it was Fern Gully. If you ask me, <laughs> same story, <laughs> you know, uh, or Pocahontas. Fern Gully is a very underrated movie. People sleep on that movie people far too much all the time robin williams is the bat i mean come Mm -hmm. on uh great story and the sludge was terrifying what a villain we always talk about you've got to have a good villain you've got a terrifying villain villain. it wasn't anything personally that avatar had done to (laughs) the community it was just like it's been at the top for so long and what what would it mean if truly our culture, because nerds love, there are nerds that love Avatar, there are nerds that, but it wasn't our culture. Mm-hmm. Avatar wasn't. But what would it mean for a movie of our culture, mm-hmm. the characters we read as kids, to break that record? What would it do? Mm-hmm. And we the did. The untouchable it. record. The untouchable record. Yeah. Nobody ever thought it'd be broken. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was a lot for us to be like, I think we can do this. Let's accomplish this. Yeah. And we wouldn't have without social media. That's true. Like, especially feeding the numbers. There's even like countdowns and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like we need this much. We need this much. We need this much. And I mean, it's you like, saw, you saw different people seen it like seven times, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you saw different. Like when I was, when I'd be on Twitter, when it was going on for the podcast, I'd be like, you know, other podcasts and other nerd podcasts and other nerd culture, you know, YouTube shows or all that. Like every episode they do, they're saying like, get out and see Endgame. Go, go see it twice. Go see it three times. Take your family, take your friends, take your dog walker. They were like lobbying the hell out of this thing mm-hmm. as if you were, it was running for president. You know? <laughs> I, know. I mean, yeah. it was, it was really remarkable to see. And Which I think, just tells you how far it's come, you know. Yeah, without within that, you know, twenty years, without that think tank that the nerd culture has become, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's on social media awareness or whether it's, you know, how we 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 react with one another, you know, the clothes we wear. Without what nerd culture became, and with the social media and all that, it was like a perfect storm had blended up, and we struck lightning. And mm-hmm. it was like a category five <laughs> nerd NATO. And <laughs> or I guess it'd be a Listen, nerd- yeah, that's one for free. A nerdicane. <laughs> nerdicane. <laughs> category five nerdicane. Where you going, mate? Nerd week. 
<laughs> yes, it was a nerd week um, of mass proportions. And I don't think that the age of the superhero is what it is without that perfect storm. Yeah. So many things lined up, man. Like who would even thought that RDJ was going to come back from, you know, his you know, lowest of lows. Yeah. His lowest of lows. Mm-hmm. And just be like the face of a friend, like a, multi-billion dollar franchise like he's the face of that man like you don't think of marvel without thinking of rdj now like you just don't don't. you don't we had an interesting conversation one thing that i asked ken m uh, Mm -hmm. i told him about our conversation with our friend caleb i was like hey i was telling him uh you know a few months ago we were lucky to see our friend caleb who came in from the military. We hadn't seen him in years and we were watch- watching Jane Silent Bob strike uh, reboot. Mm-hmm. And we were talking, we got to talking about comic book movies and I don't know if you remember it. You were pretty sleepy. <laughs> you were in and out. Oh, um, <laughs> Once I get still now, I'm such an old man, but he made the comment. He said, dude, five years, this, this era will be over. The superhero movies will be dead. It'll be over and gone. And we were like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't see it dying anytime soon. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Like, a comment like that? I don't know, man. Um, I think people see a lot of fads, you know? Uh, they see a lot of fads come and go, and it's like, this is hot one minute, and next it's not. Perfect example of it, though, is like when Call of Duty busts on the scene, it's like, hey, this is going to be, you know, a one and done, and now. 20 years later it's still going <laughs> super strong and it's literally pretty much the same stuff you're just repackaging it and people still i mean i just bought the new call of duty for zombies so i mean they tease me every like four years and i'm still slopping it up so i, I think it just probably is like a fad comment more yeah. than anything but i mean if you go through comics there's just so much stuff there's so like we always talk about like if you have the material then it's going to be good because you have the material like Mm -hmm. there's so many different phases of like what it could be and like alternate universes or like different slit perfect example of spider-man we have what three movies now or two or three movies with spider-man in the mcu but then Mm -hmm. you have the spider-verse completely different and has miles we haven't even unlocked miles in the MCU, which could or oh. like tons of different, which Miles is a great character. That'd be super awesome if, you know, one day he does live action, which is awesome. But I mean, there's just so much to do. We haven't even touched on the Fantastic Four with Doom and Doom could go, you know, God Doom and create his own planet. Mm-hmm. And we could bring in, you know, Galactus. We haven't touched the X-Men on MCU because obviously they're going to reboot the X-Men. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, there's uh, the way they release them, like what four or five movies max a year, and now mm-hmm. we've put it on pause. So we, there's just so 2021 unlimited. is primed yeah. to be a huge year for. It's Marvel. just unlimited amount of like avenues, and they're creating stories all the time. Like it's not stopping. Mm-hmm. Like comics are still going, so it's it's not like they've touched on anything really. And by mm-hmm. the time. 50 years go down and we're done with fantastic four and you know x-men and that path probably going to reboot iron man (laughs) so i mean i'm gonna say less than 50 
the way our our attention span is yeah. as a fan base as movie you get two generations that will be like yeah. who's iron man <laughs> yeah and then they'll just reboot it again with some it's, i don't think it will go away i don't know if exactly they can catch the the lightning in the bottle twice like they did with that perfect setup because mm-hmm. there was just like we said it's just i feel like it was just lucky like all like great things that happen like that just with like WrestleMania and Vince, like that timing where he got mm-hmm. the company, where everything he had Hogan at the time and he wasn't a territory. And then he brought all these people in to create WrestleMania. That half of it was luck. Yeah. Like people just sometimes do the right things, pick the right avenues, and then luck just hits. And I don't know exactly we'll have this like perfect storm again, but I don't think it'll be going away in five years at all yeah. i don't i don't either we've got I mean, plans for five years yeah, right now <laughs> so they've it's got, definitely not going away in five they've years they've got 10 years planned so yeah. i don't think it's going away anytime soon um what has been your favorite part about living in the age of the superhero it's accessibility man i can literally Really, we were talking like with collectibles, with movies, with animations. With so, say back in the day, we loved Spider Man, mm-hmm. and we get out from school, we got homework to do, we got to like wheel and deal with our mom. It's like, hey, Spider Man's coming on at like four thirty, and it has a thirty minute slot, so I have to be here at this time. I promise, I want to do my homework i'll take a bath all that stuff so you had to like gamble with everything try to get the tv because there's usually like one or two tvs in the house and now it's like literally on your phone like mm-hmm. hey play spider-man you yeah. have his old theme music you can buy retro video games you can buy you know Pops. if you have the mo- yeah if you have money you have you know number ones of this graded you know 9.8 like anything that you want even with hbo like you were telling me that the uh, DC, the whole comic book library is on there and you can just oh, yeah. it's... surf for days. You don't have to, you know, go to a comic book shop and pray, which is terrible, by the way. Like I've tried to get deceased and I'm mm-hmm. still missing a couple just because they go so fast and I don't have time to like wait out there when they drop. But even still, I could go on like, you know, Macari or whatever, you know, sales apps that they have now just accessibility man like you don't even have to buy movies anymore it's all somewhere for free <laughs> yeah i mean we uh you know i did the uh the halloween special this year on the podcast was the long halloween mm-hmm. and i was like i'm gonna have to brush up on it and i was like looking on amazon and i was like i want to get the whole and then it just hit me i was like i have the dc app <laughs> I just took out my phone, clicked on the app, and the whole all the long Halloween was on the DC yeah. app, and I just read it, reread it that way. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's in my hand. It's I so mean, when they like when they did the shift mm-hmm. with DC Universe, day one, over twelve thousand titles were on the app. Ooh. And I bet that's like the new Fifty Two. I bet it's like mm-hmm. just it's all everything. The, yeah, everything. And I, I mean, I don't want to sell you on it, but pretty sure i saw deceased on it <laughs> so mm. dude you know what i want to do if i ever get a hold of that and read it i want to just like go back and read it. everything green lantern 
I feel about everybody sleeps on Green Lantern. He has so much universe and so much story that's. I can I can honestly admit I sleep on him. I'm, yeah, I've never really been a big Green Lantern guy. He's he's so underrated. He has so many like good story arcs in the comics, and he just gets like, I don't know, just like I Americanized. Do, and he's like, here's a rocket. John, John Stewart's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, Green Lantern, and I know a lot of people sleep on. Uh, but like even like with his dealings with the corpse because even when you're seeing him he's usually helping the justice league mm -hmm. and not doing like his own thing so mm -hmm. i would love to go back and just well, uh, hbo max is going to have a green lantern show Are live they? action green lantern show about the core nice yeah look at that. i don't know if old ryan's jordan, coming back i don't know if oh god <laughs> i don't know if how jordan or uh, John Stewart's going to be in it, but I do know that they're going to have Guy Gardner Ooh. and the other one. I know there's tons of them, but the other there's mainstream so one. Yeah. Um, That's like freaking flashes. I want to say Guy Gardner is going to be the star of this show. So I don't know. I think they're kind of reserving Hal Jordan and John Stewart for film mm -hmm. eventually, but they're like, but we're doing Green Lantern. Like Here's Arrow. the third string. <laughs> green yeah. lantern that we can do the show about but yeah just accessibility man like anybody like even like you're uh doing maddie right now it's like she knows nothing about supernatural and you're literally just you sit on your home you don't have to like go and mm -hmm. you know try to find any literature to like fill in gaps you're just like hey let's click this mm -hmm. and we're just gonna watch because like back in the day if you're taking somebody through seasons seasons cost like 50 60 bucks sometimes Mm -hmm. especially if they're long episodes like they're 30 you know well what was it 22 23 episodes for supernatural every season mm -hmm. so and the seasons were 45 dollars early yeah. on and 45 those were times 15 <laughs> and, I'm, and that's the early seasons i think as yeah. they as popularity gained the season game of thrones the first season that was like 55 bucks for that first mm -hmm. season bro until so, i mean back in the day that's what we had so now it's just we asked for it for christmas or birthday gifts yeah <laughs> well i have the first seasons like the first five seasons of game of thrones up mm -hmm. in the old attic there because i mean they weren't on really anything unless you had you know paid for the streaming services and stuff mm -hmm. but well not streaming services but HBO. just the hbo package so yeah but now right at your fingertips man yeah whatever you want to know so do you do you see any weaknesses in the age of the superhero like is it too big is it bigger than what it should be or do see. you think it's you know, it's it's all because of the love. It's hard to say, man. Um, I think if you're on the outside looking in and you don't have that, like, you're growing up and you don't really appreciate what it is, like, we literally could have just the shittiest version of Batman that you could think of, and we would probably watch it and be like, you know, it's not as bad as people say. Because, because it's we're all we just, have. Yeah, because it, it's, it's Batman, it's what we got, and we like it. Just like with Star Wars. We shit on it pretty good, but we're probably going to go back and rewatch it and be like, it's Star Wars. It, you know, for what it is, it's Star Wars. We have it. And then, I don't know. It's, I kind of feel like 
not want to like shit on everybody and <laughs> shit on Marvel stuff, but I feel like a lot of Marvel is not as good as people think it is. I feel like, especially with like the beginning Thors or the beginning Caps mm-hmm. or like Ant-Man, I've, we argue about this all the time. He probably wasn't needed. He could have probably been introduced in Avengers and had like a little side quest to know about him and you would still be the same and not need to know any of that. They used that whole movie to set up, you know, the, the time travel kind of thing, which, I mean, you could literally have, they did that with the Hulk. They said, Hey, we worked it out. They I mean, that was fine with everybody else. So just in comparison and, but some of them outshine like guardians, like I wouldn't, honestly, I never knew who the guardians were. Now it's flipped and they're literally my favorite thing in Marvel, my favorite, like in Marvel. But I just feel like it's stolen a lot of, I don't want to say creativity, but maybe originality in other spots because you look back, you know, in the past 20 years, what's the, you know, what's your top 10 movies in the last 20 years? You're probably going to have five of those in the superhero genre. And it's like, I don't know if that's either us being blinded by, you know, what the superhero genre is because it's in our face so much, or if it's just like we've kind of become accustomed to what it is and we don't pay attention to kind of what the creativity needs to be. Because at the end of the day, they're kind of high budget action films, you know? Yeah. I mean, I agree. You make a lot of great points. Uh, It's just, I've heard a lot of people, obviously, we are friends with some people who are, are outside looking in people who they're mm-hmm. not, you know, uh, our good friend Cricket, he, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's adamant about the quality of film. You know, he's mm-hmm. a director, he's a writer and a director, though. So, uh, and he's good at what he does. So I, I usually take everything he says, you know, like law. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he knows what he's talking about. He's not a fan of mm-hmm. our nerd culture of movies. He's not. And he's been very outspoken about it. And he makes a lot of great points, too. Uh, but I think it, it definitely has a lot to do with an outsider looking in premise. Yeah. Um, if you're not a fan of it, you're obviously <laughs> going to say things <laughs> derogatory about it. Yeah. But it... it ultimately comes down to you can say what you want but we are in the age of the superhero people Mm -hmm. who it's kind of like in young justice season one when connor superboy goes to school for the first time Mm -hmm. and he sees all these students around him wearing batman shirts and superman shirts and (laughs) green lantern shirts and one and he's just like what the heck and Mm -hmm. You know, at, at the Halloween dance, they're dressed as their favorite superheroes. And for him, it's like, that's his life. Yeah. It's kind of the metaphor for what it's become. People that we went to school with in middle school and in elementary school and high school, who at that point would never have been caught dead re- reading a comic book with us, are now mm-hmm. wearing Batman shirts and are now going to see Endgame. With it's kind of like others. the uh, the 80s like band shirts pretty much yeah like that's kind of taking the place of it you wear it really Led has. zeppelin you wear acdc now it's just 
superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> almost anybody you see uh, walking, I can tell you statistically, uh, anybody you pass in your day, they have a shirt of either <laughs> Batman, Superman, Cap, maybe Just Iron like, Man. What year is it, bro? What year is it? When did you get it? <laughs> Before 90s, bro? Before ninety, before two thousand, bro. Looking back, did you just get that from Box Lunch, <laughs> please? That looks real crisp. You ain't I folded that once. I can barely fit in my Batman shirt because I've had it <laughs> since nineteen ninety six. Why are you wearing kids' shirts, Tyler? Don't worry about it. Don't worry you don't about understand. it. Don't worry about it. I got this for Christmas <laughs> when Batman and Robin came out. Well, it's true, man. It's, but I, like we said, like I don't mind it because as it gets more popular, we're going to unlock a lot more people that I want to see. Carnage is one of my all-time favorite bad guys, and hopefully, maybe this time around we'll get to see it. We're teased it, so I mean, as it gets more popular, Fantastic Four is another one of my favorite groups, and they've kind of got doo-dooed on for a long time, so. As their you know popularity grows, they need somebody to step in. If they could do Doom right and do the Fantastic Four right, that could be a huge carrier, like we we're talking about. And who doesn't like the X Men? Literally, if we get another live action Gambit that has like a purpose or like a classic comic book Rogue or you know the animated series Rogue, like there's so many good things. Even Cyclops, like I feel like he was always rebooted into like this young kid so we never really get to see cyclops be cyclops it's always like cyclops discovering his powers and they use him for like a atom bomb pretty much just like uh i gotta close my eyes and when he opens the eyes he slices the school up or something like that so i feel like leader cyclops hasn't you know come on well, stage even and, in those and you know i'm not i'm not a huge cyclops fan but <laughs> What? Which I found out that there is a huge following of anti-Cyclops people out there. Oh, I'm sure. And I started reading like why people are they hate Wolfie Cyclops. fanboys too? No, they're not. Oh. I've seen a lot of people say like, hmm. I don't like either one of them. Like, I don't like Wolverine or Cyclops. I'm a, I'm a Beast fan, <laughs> man. Even in that original trilogy. The Cyclops they gave us, and and you know, no no disrespect to Marsden, I think he did a great job with it. They still didn't give us the Cyclops you're discussing. Yeah, he was more side piece. Cyclops. And he was silent. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't talk a lot. He was just like there. Hey, I'm Cyclops, and like, hey, you eyeballing my girl? Like for three movies. Yeah, exactly. Like, Ugh. Yes, we know. Gene, uh, <laughs> which Gene is a really good storyline too, but they cannot put their finger on that at all. There's, we need like there's, a Filoni for the Marvel universe. Dark Phoenix storyline. Yeah. We just need like a super fan of like Marvel and just be like, hey, I think um, the way you're, uh, it's a good idea. It's a good idea, but um, you just need to do it this way instead. <laughs> Because it just makes sense for like, you know, comic book standards. There's hundreds of comics with that storyline and a great animated series with mm-hmm. that storyline that you could pull from and do it loads Dude, better than the, the two times X-Men, they've attempted. Yeah, Uncanny X-Men is so good. If you 
like anybody listening that wants like good X-Men, I've probably said this like eight times on the podcast in the past too with the rants. Mm-hmm. Uncanny X-Men is so good. Oof. Oh yeah, it is. It's fantastic. So in the Wolverine episode uh, for 30 and Nerdy, I talked about like it's it's one story that sticks out. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm thinking Shit, Wolverine, one story though, that sticks out is from Uncanny X-Men. Like this, mm-hmm. this moment, this moment is a memory of mine. Yeah. Uh, whether it's, you know, I talked about memories about like him and Sabretooth in Alaska mm, in the yeah. animated series. And that yeah, I wish they on. had a Logan and Sabretooth like growing up show. I would mm. be all about that. That'd be so funny. Disney Plus, if you're listening. <laughs> just do it animated even. Just give us yeah. a little side tease, like maybe 10 episodes of them just like growing, growing up, up together. Yeah. Going to war together even. That'd and Sabretooth's so brother, Dog. Yeah, his name. <laughs> oh, he got all treated so poorly. Oh no, his dad was terrible. Terrible father. You're a terrible father. I'm good with it because, like we were saying, it grows more popular. We get more, you know, stories. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I guess the last thing is, if the age of superhero were to end next year, mm-hmm. and they come to you these these superhero gods whatever Mm. companies whatever and says write the perfect swan song to the age of superhero oh dang what do you do what's the last movie we get to see in the age of the superhero that's interesting i just based off of what it is now or what i think would be what it is now what would be a swan song you tell me yours and i'll tell you mine and actually Ken M gave it to me. I was like, oh my God, he's no, right. So oh no. There's so much pressure. I should have went first. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um with that, like uh we know they're planning on introducing Fantastic. I would love to to ride that story in with like a Fantastic Four where we get kind of Doom as our sub villain and then we have an introduction a reintroduction to silver surfer and then end on galactus i think that would make the most sense because it kind of follows the same formula of you know thanos but in like a universal scale which i mean thanos was kind of a universal scale but he felt just like an earth villain kind of because we're always there but maybe kind of delve into more of like the Nova core and get Nova involved into it. And then just kind of do like a more of a space type vibe, I guess. And where earth is like kind of, you know, not takes a backseat because earth is always like the epicenter of everything for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But <laughs> I think a Galactus would be cool. Um, I don't know if like we have many more villains that are like on that level to where they're just crazy chaotic. There's a bunch of stuff I would like to see. But I don't know if we would ever like see those avenues now. I would like to see Hulk go crazy and fight the Avengers at one point, but they won't do that for film. Yeah, no, <laughs> they won't. They won't give him these just desserts. So Ken M said this. Mm-hmm. He said, "If it were to end, if it were to all end, this is my culminating movie." And I was like, "Oh my god, I never thought about that." They wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go oh ahead. God. Um, 
Marvel DC, the crossover. Oh dang, yeah, that'd be like cool. I was, finally, I was thinking just Marvel, the live action crossover event mm-hmm. of the universe is. from the comics. Mm-hmm. Do that, and they're like, "This is our swan song. We're finally going to." Pull back See the them do battle and pull back the curtain. Oh, everybody fight! Like oh, it's Marvel versus DC. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> but like, do the crossover. I mean, yeah. maybe not a big battle, but you know, do I mean, the, the crossover from the cool, comics. But I don't think they would do that just for film purposes. Mm-hmm. And and that would be know, sick. Then you have Superman talking to Captain America. You have. Uh, Wolverine and Batman. Uh, put their matchups. Yes. <laughs> Deadpool and Deathstroke. <laughs> oh, God. Like the jokes you could do with Deadpool seeing Deathstroke. Who would the Joker face up against? In Marvel? Yeah. Because there's like kind Loki? of. Loki? Maybe, yeah. Maybe Pro- Loki. Maybe Loki. Tricksters, both, I guess. Yeah. Maybe Loki. One's yeah. a god and one's a psychopath, though. <laughs> but I mean, it's, uh, when he said that, I was like, "That Would is a cool. swan song." That Just seems like a animated version, though. No, that's animated. That's I animated, although. I don't know if they could do you it. You know how much money they'd screen. have to pour in that, bro. <laughs> Disney would go bankrupt just on their side alone. Bro, I know. I need this money. No, he's getting this. I need this. What? She's getting that. <laughs> That'd be so much arguing, bro. Ugh. Yes, but who's gonna win the fight? Oh, we are. No, Who? we are. No, we are. Who would be standing? Batman. Batman would be standing because he has a plan. He always has a plan. I I think he'd be snuck up on. By who? I'm saying whole situation. I'll take he has a plan for that. He doesn't know Marvel. He. I think. I bet he does. <laughs> <laughs> he is I had inter- this dream one time, bro. He's interdimensionally <laughs> aware. He knows. Or he's or like, within the like first Deadpool. or within the first meetup, he would like be listening to them all talk and in his mind he'd be like, I could do this to take them out, this to take them mm-hmm. out. This DC for like DC I feel like they're Titans. number two in like a lot of things, but just them individually, I feel like DC has so many more heavy hitters. That's what I was about to say. They have Titans. Yeah. Where Marvel has a lot of mortals. They might be mutants, but yeah, DC's mortal. got some punchers, some heavy hitters, villains and, enemy, and they'd, heroes. Depends on what they go with, I guess, too, because Wolverine's come back with a single drop of blood before, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it, I think it would come down to Wolverine versus Batman. You would Super say Bowl. that, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's like I want to see uh, freaking Oakland and Cowboys in the Super Bowl, which will never happen. Ain't gonna happen, bro. <laughs> Not in our lifetime. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think I think they would they would never let it just end. It would be. A Martha moment to where something you would come kill up. Everybody. Yeah, you can't just kill everybody. I think there would be some. Who would be the first to die? Who would be the first to die? Wait, wait, is everybody back? Are we talking about like everybody mm. back too? Everybody's back. Mm. Everybody's back. First to die. Okay, I would definitely die first. 
they have to have like a, a side piece to like make it like memorable and be like, no, not Clint. No, Clint. You were the glue. <laughs> you were the glue that helped this. Who would be the first together? one to die on DC? Yeah, that's tough. Like, who is like, I, maybe like Green Arrow? <laughs> Just kill the archers first. <laughs> Damn, that's the first thing that popped in my head, too. Not even meaning to. Kill the archers. Kill the archers. I mean, we're fighting these. We're fighting these godlike guys, and gotta kill I have a bow and arrow. first. <laughs> I know he ran out on like just a group of aliens, bro. He's definitely gonna run out on the whole Justice League. Good lord! Let's and then Doctor Fate and stuff. Good lord! There's so on, many heavy shazams. I think on the DC side, Elastic Man would die. What? Uh, no. Yeah, he'd die. Green no, bro. He's guy. you're sleeping on Elastic Man, bro. He's just like Reed. He's he's tough. In comics, he is tough. Uh, Red Arrow it, would die. All the archers would die. The archers would <laughs> die so quick. This is why soups could just go a laser. Hey, who'd survive the whole thing? Oh. It'd come down to Wolverine and Ra's al Ghul. Mm, oh, Ra's al. <laughs> Yeah, That's with the it. I guess you would just team up with your villains, right? We're saying mm-hmm. like heroes and villains of each side just team up. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be like Lex would just like kill Superman on the battlefield. Oh my God, who killed Superman? Oh no, <laughs> who did who it? Did <laughs> Kryptonite arrows, Clint, you fiend! <laughs> How did Stupid. you know? How did you know? You met him two seconds ago. Why am I talking like a British guy for Lex Luthor's voice? Stupid. I don't know. I don't know either. Who have I heard Lex Luthor like talk like that? Never. Maybe. I don't know. Nobody. He's never been British. He's never been British. I'm making him British. Hey, if he's ever British, you heard it here first. It'd be interesting. It would. Obviously, you're leaning toward DC, yeah? If they were to fight. Who could kill Superman? Nobody knows about Kryptonite. He would run through everybody. Superman is probably the reason I would lean towards DC, but Captain Marvel is why I would lean towards Marvel. But she's new, though. She's fresh. She's, she's been Captain Marvel new. like, what, two seconds? Superman's been In Superman. The movies? Sure. Yeah. But we're going off comic logic, too, aren't we? Well, she's created in, like, the 70s, though, yeah? Oh, yeah. I mean, she is new. Considering the seventies, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I'd have to lean on DC because like of Superman. He's he's the John Cena of the heroes, bro. Yes, he is. Can't keep him down. He's so always popping up too. Freaking count. Goku. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wasn't thinking on those terms though, like a, a versus. I was thinking like how you poetically like lay the feather down at the end. <laughs> And people will be satisfied. And I was like, you, but you, how can you, you be satisfied? Okay, if, with if you're not doing that, the versus thing, if you're not doing the mm-hmm. big versus, do you think it would end with Marvel? I well, I didn't take in consideration what you said too, though. Like if it's just a year with what we have, and then who we've lost already, it would have to be, I don't know, maybe something with Spider Man, like because mm-hmm. it have to be some type of Avengers. Maybe we introduce Fantastic Four super quick, and then Doom's already at like 
ultra power mode from a different dimension because they've already dimension swapped pretty much. They can time travel and, you know, jump that quantum leap. So maybe they jump into something where Doom is like already God mode and they have to like figure it out that movie. So if we had a year in that movie, I would say introduce Fantastic Four, have like God Doom already be messing with like the like the portals, like the realm hopping. Yeah. And you have to go fight Doom. Maybe like your big guys die. Maybe Spider Man dies or something like that. But then like he sacrifices himself for the kill though or something like that. Mm. Because you have to have somebody meaningful die. It's like in game. But at the end, there's this like hook with like Miles, younger Miles Morales holding the suit. It's over, but there's always going to be somebody. There's always going to be a need. And that's one thing that Ken M said is there's always going to be a need for superheroes, a want, a clamoring for it. It might lull here and there, but it'll never die. You have to think though, like every underdog situation or everybody that's struggling superheroes touches that cord like either if you've lost your parents if you've been bullied growing up if you've you know never been good enough or you're you're just this little guy that's you know trying all his life and he just never gets through that threshold like superheroes cover literally everything if you're like a bad dude and not that great then you have opportunities in life to show that you're better than what you are it's like mm-hmm. It encompasses everything as like a comeback story, you know? If you're it's, a wealthy eight-year-old boy and your parents are shot in the alley. <laughs> stories Alien for everybody. Earth. Well, man, this has been great. Great conversation. Thank you for joining on the season two finale. Mm. Mm. You know, uh, last year I was just, you know, called in for the greatest hits. And now that's part of the end. Now you're part of the end. Moving on up. <laughs> Who knows where I'm going to be moving up to next time. You know what I'm saying? That's true. You don't know. You never you know. You got to tune in to find out. I guess you're going I to. I have to curve my uh, potty mouth. But <laughs> Now, just because season two is ending with this episode, the Rev here and myself have another show mm-hmm. that takes place on the 30 and 30 podcast. Just because the main show is ending with season two here during the off season we will continue the road so far and that is a show all about the hit show supernatural the last of its kind Mm. truthfully season 15 on netflix now season 15 is on netflix now we started at the pilot and we have been going down a couple episodes at a time on each of our episodes just talking in-depth about the episode, unknown facts about the episode, a little synapses, who's in it, familiar faces, trivia, what have you. What have you. Those are also on this platform, 30 and 30 podcast, as bonus episodes. So tune in to those during the off-season. Rev, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure, and we will see. What's next in the age of the superhero?
Yowie, wowie. What an episode it has been. I can't thank my guests enough. I can't thank you enough for an amazing season. But do not fret. Uh, Some more season three announcements. With season three beginning next year, around February, I do believe, the 30 and Nerdy podcast will no longer be solo. That's right. Not only will I have more guests than this season, I will have a co-host. The Rev of Rance himself has decided to grace us with his presence more than usual. He will be joining along with the 30 and Nerdy podcast in Season 3. And maybe there are some other surprises awaiting us in Season 3 that I just am not ready to divulge yet. Gotta keep your mouth watering. Keep them wanting more. Is something I learned in the theater, and that's what I'm going to do. So not only is Season 3 going to bring... A new co-host to this show. It's going to bring new shows to the Bad Cast Company Productions. I'm very excited for Juice and Rev to have their We're Toying With You Patreon exclusive show. I can't wait to learn more about collectibles. I can't wait to get Movie Mania going with those two on Patreon. And who knows what else will come out of the 30 and Nerdy podcast. Always stay tuned to the website to see the exciting things that will be announced over the coming months about the impending Season 3. However, have no fear. This, this app that you are listening to 30 and Nerdy podcast on right now will not be barren. There will be a show going on. We will continue the road so far. As Rev and I continue to go down that road with the Winchesters. Episode by episode. Here and there. So stay tuned to this 30 and Nerdy podcast station. And you will be tuning into the road so far moving forward. Now... As I've said, so much coming at Patreon, and that is mainly as a huge thank you to all of the amazing Patreon supporters that we have. You all have been fantastic, even through these trying times, you have continued to support the show, and we are very thankful at Badcast Company Productions. If you are not a Patreon supporter, then I hope that after this finale, after this season, Moving closer to Season 3, you will at least choose to be the $1 supporter. And that way you get to take part in Mandalorian Mondays. And bloopers and cutscenes and things that the $1 tier gets to take advantage of. I want to thank every guest that came on the show this season. Ken M. Rev. Rich from 3 Fat Nerds, the East Coast Avengers. Dre Driven. Brother, I gotta have you back on the show soon. Can't wait to see what 
what nerd stuff we can talk about in season three. And I can't wait to have another massive crossover. You heard it from Ken M. in this episode. There will be another massive crossover in season three. Every season of anything nerd has to have a crossover. So, I'm very excited. I'm beyond thankful to all of you who have listened. Episode in and episode out. Tuning in every time the 30 Nerdy Podcast pops up on your app. And supporting the show with subscriptions and likes and sharing on Twitter. Huge shout out to the Twitter community. Alternate Reality Radio. Legion of Independent Podcasts. The Apocalypse. Pod Nation. Thank you. Thank you all from the bottom of this this very humble nerd's heart. Without you all, this show is not a success. Without you listening, this show is not a success. It does not happen without you listening. So I am very thankful. Well, nerds, for one last time in season two, that's it for me. Next time on 30 and Nerdy, well, I guess we'll have to see you next season. Stay kind. Stay humble. Love one another. Stay sanitized. Mask up. DJ Mike Cowie, take us out of this season, brother. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Brought to you by Ashley Lodge Photography. Freddy Cat Productions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Advertising Expressions. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow along with the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.